Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Binjos, episode 30. We've wow. done this, Ernesto, now 30 times. That's crazy. How you no, doing, Ernesto? <laughs> I'm, I'm great, man. I am great. And we have another special guest with us this week. Well, coming back all the way from New York. That was terrible. <laughs> that was <a> <laughs> Oh, that was, I'll never do it. As, as soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, I, I should never say that again. Uh, Giannazzi, thank you for coming back on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me and your wonderful accents, my friends. You know, I have to say, so after like, continuing to watch your awesome show, I've come to the conclusion, and I told Matt this, that Matt is like the Jimmy Kimmel of hosts. And Ernesto, you definitely have some Letterman vibes. I just felt the need. To say that I, I'm working with some nice professionals here. Oh, well, that is that is so nice for you to say, but I don't I don't think we're anywhere close to that. But I really appreciate you comparing us to that. <laughs> comparing us to the, to, to My the, pleasure. Way people way up here. We're we're all right. We're, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have their registers. It's very strange, but you do. Well, well, it's very kind for you to say Much that. Appreciated. No and this is why we bring it back on because she keeps yeah. telling nice things to us. Keep <laughs> just guess, guess them up. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, Gia, a lot has happened since we last spoke with you, obviously. <laughs> um, last time we spoke with you, we, we had a whole chat, and it, it's very funny. It, we had a whole chat about the movie theater experience. If you didn't listen to it, and you want to go listen to it, it's episode, I believe, I think 17. Uh, yes. Where we first had you on. And so we talked about the movie theater experience. And now today, I mean, <laughs> there is none. There's no movie theater experience that we can have whatsoever. So, uh, and I know you have, you know, I want to hear a lot of your insight on a lot of stuff that's been going on. So, like, with this COVID-19 happening and all of the, uh, you know, with the theater shutting down and every, all the news you've been hearing about, you know, the movie industry what are your thoughts kind of overall of what you've been hearing? Is it more positive, more negative? Do you like where it's going? Sure. So, well, I've been doing a lot of research because, well, of course, as you said, it's been over two months since this has happened. And I know there's so much drama with AMC not wanting to ever run Universal movies almost ever again and all of that drama. And I was reading some articles and according to um it was called Market Watch. They did a they did a survey and they said 70% of their like people who they surveyed would rather watch movies at home anyway. But then on deadline, they did another survey and they said the majority of people would like to go back to the movies, but with like safety guidelines in place. So we really we still don't know what's going to happen. And I know some movie theaters in San Antonio are opening. There's a little NPR article on that. Um, but then in the Northeast, when you have like New Jersey and Connecticut, they're afraid to open the movie theaters just because they'd rather just do it at full capacity than have to try any other guidelines to get there. So it's extremely disheartening um, as a very unfortunate follow up to that episode that we did together. But um, right. hope, I, I am staying hopeful because the people who want it, I think will get it. And if you don't want it, then you just keep doing what you want to do and stay home anyway. And um, I know from a few episodes ago that you guys talked about, um, like, because they have, like, the option of having movies, like, both at the movies and on demand, which has right. been a thing for a while. But, of course, with, like, certain limited releases. Um, yeah, we'll just, we'll see. No no one knows what's going to happen. and Everything is a prediction. And I thank you guys so much, particularly, because you're not 
like compared to what a lot of other hosts are saying and other articles that like, oh yeah yeah this is gonna happen let me tell you what's gonna happen this is gonna happen no one freaking knows and you guys what? acknowledge that so thank you for trying just to think of all options and all possibilities because that's what we need we don't need some joe schmo telling us what's going to happen when they don't even know yeah so this that's joe schmo does this joe schmo does not predict the future yeah <laughs> no no one can like I'm, I'm trying to stay hopeful but at least when it comes to um, like more of the, you know, the more like niche movie theaters in the city, at least in Manhattan, um, they, they're worried about it. Um, yeah, like there's some like, like downtown versus uptown um, movie theaters. And of course, like the main franchise ones aren't sure yet either. So I have no idea. Like my, my hometown movie theater, it's called Cinemark Palace 20 in Boca Raton. It is a huge building. And I am sure that the taxes on that are crazy by itself <laughs> without even ticket sales and concessions and everything else. And of course, like just a 60-40 split between studios and and theaters anyway. So yeah. I have I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> problem, but I'm trying to stay positive. The problem, well, I guess it's a problem and solution kind of depending on how you look at it, is that their profit margin is incrementally higher for this video on demand because it's like it's coming straight. They're cutting out the middleman. It's coming straight to them. You know, right. mm-hmm. a, a very small percentage that they have to pay into it also like i mean even think about the marketing like when people are not going out right. sorry, you're, not, you're not paying for billboards maybe you know less advertising probably more advertising online than you would be actually outside and everything and that and that for that could be cheaper than it is like you know putting it on posters and like all that all that marketing you would have done maybe putting it on on grocery products they're probably not doing right now they're probably mm-hmm. pushing that into social media instead that could be cheaper so at the end of the day I mean, I think Universal definitely showed that putting these movies out on a on um on home releases on home video on demand, it, it seems very profitable. And and if people are willing to pay to do that, and they don't mind spending twenty dollars because they figured it'd be cheaper to do that, like the, as a consumer, it would be cheaper to just spend twenty dollars for a family of four than going to the theater, wrangling everybody up, and then getting the popcorn, get the whole experience like we talked about a few episodes ago. And then like, well, you know, we can have dinner and then right before we go to bed, we go watch this movie and then we call it a day. And so it's it's really if anything, if the most the it's very fascinating how we are moving forward. And I'm not against all these options. I just obviously, and Ernesto can attest to this. We just have a preference. We want to go yeah. in the theater. Mm-hmm. I go. You go for that specific experience. And what I, if I had to guess, which I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm just a regular Joe Schmo. Uh, like we will get a hybrid of all of them. Like maybe you know, because maybe the this will start helping drive-in theaters. Maybe more people, as Brian said when he was when he was on last week that you know what a great what a great experience it was it was cost effective you get two movies like you don't have to stay for both you're in the comfort of your own car you know but then you get people like us who are avid movie theater goers like we love we love that movie theater experience like you know you go for that closed door fully into what you're experiencing experience and then you get like like a large family like you get somebody who's got who's got a large family and they can, maybe they can't afford to go to the theater. So they would much prefer to just pay the $20 and watch and watch at home. So I think you're just, it's just appet, it's appetizing to a lot of different people, you know, and it's right. more people, it's more ways to consume content. The problem is, is that they don't really need the movie theaters anymore. 
Yes, that that is the problem. Yeah, and Ernesto, I, I agree with you on everything there. Like, there's definitely pros and cons to everything for sure. But I'm, but you and I, like, well, all three of us are the same. We just want to go to the movies. But Matt, with, yeah. with what you were saying about um, just cheaper marketing and advertising, I I wonder how that's really going to play out with social media because I feel like the main channels they would go toward, like like on all like on TikTok, on Snapchat, even you know Facebook, Instagram. Yep. I feel like it's going to be like the Super Bowl. Like you're fighting to get your trailers out there. You know, on it's everything. Possible. So I really wonder how that's gonna, like, how that's gonna affect everything. Well, for me, because I, I can't wait. For example, like for an on-demand movie, is the King of Staten Island. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, the Pete Davidson movie, um, right. directed by Judd Apatow. Best. Oh my God, the cast is insane. Which which <laughs> sells itself. You know, just with that cast and that director. But um, yeah, I, I just, I've been seeing that trailer particularly advertised a lot up until June 12th. But I also wonder how they're gonna keep advertising it after it's released too. Like right, that's a very They have point. to keep it going, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes they, you know, they dwindle it down a little bit after those two weeks, but we'll see. Uh, that's a very, so Gia, have you participated in any of this, you know, video on demand stuff since we've been in this pandemic or, or no? I haven't gotten into video on demand, no, but I will soon, I'm sure. And but with, I mostly- with the, with the King just, of Staten Island? Yeah, starting with that one, and then I'll see what else happens after that. But I'm still I'm using this time just to catch up on everything that I've wanted to watch on Netflix. Right. Time. Yeah, so I'm still sticking to those three big ones, but um, but yeah, but we'll see. I mean, because this is basically our livelihood. You know, we got to keep up the best we can. True. Uh, you yeah. made you made a good point about streaming services. Obviously, you know, the movie we're about to review today, The Lovebirds. That has a whole history in and of itself. It was supposed to be released in theaters in April. The Paramount Pictures end up uh, selling that movie Netflix, and now it becomes a Netflix original, or at least in a partnership, because you know they weren't going to see a profit in the theaters, obviously, because they were closed. And instead of doing Universal's model, which everyone had their own um, decision at the time of what they were going to do, uh, Paramount was like, you know, we're just going to sell it to Netflix. We're going to have one solid price. At least we made some money off of it. You know, or we could have maybe, you know, made, we probably didn't get a, a good return or a decent return, but we got back something for all the money we put into it. And so now it's, you know, it, now we just saw Netflix and, you know, we'll talk about that movie later in this episode. But that just just goes to show you that, like, you know, who, you know, it's it's like I was more than, you know, honestly, I was more than happy just just to watch this particular movie at home. And I didn't know that until after, you know, after you watched it. And it's just kind of like I feel like they're being very specific on which movies they are putting in this video on demand service or mm -hmm. taking it to streaming services and which movies they're deciding to delay. And probably the ones that they put more money into like fast and they pushed that back a whole year. They want to make sure that they have their money. The same with, you know, uh, wow, that's really loud. <laughs> the, the same with, um, uh, with Black Widow and and um, uh, James Bond, you know they had to push that back because they can probably see a big influx of movies going, you know, a, lot, a big an influx of people going into the theater. So uh, we it, it's it's very interesting of how all this is going to play out. But also doesn't surprise me that family movies are really taking a good uh, shine here and making a lot of money and also being very popular on the streaming services. But you also said that uh, you know you're trying to catch up on a lot of movies. 
on streaming services. And and you you know we <laughs> we're at home most of the time anyway. So like you you kind of remember like shit. There's a lot. There's a lot to watch. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's extremely (laughs) overwhelming. And um, just to echo what you were saying, I think it definitely is the family movies that are more going to be on streaming services, which is more my speed anyway. I remember I texted Matt this um, this list of like incoming movies to be released in theaters in the next like two or three years. And I was like, I'm really not that interested or invested in most of these. And they were like mostly superhero movies And, and just like different ones like that. And of course, I am not being a Martin Scorsese in this way at all. No, because like, like they're they're awesome. Like this is what people want right now. They're huge. They have the one of the greatest messages ever. It's just I'm more into those more dialogue heavy movies. So yeah, so I've been and it's been extremely overwhelming trying to catch up on movies from different generations, like things that my mom would watch. Because I'm trying to get her to watch more things, and she's just not. Even, <laughs> she's not she falls asleep two seconds into watching anything and i'm trying to see because i want to write and make movies that my mom would want to watch so i'm okay. doing research on those um and, th- and those are more in my speed anyway so lately i'll tell you guys what i've been watching should we do should i tell you what i've been watching sure we can we can start diving into it yeah so we're gonna about to dive into our what you're watching segment and uh Gia can go ahead okay all right well okay so well, you'll be happy to know. Okay, so get this. When Corona first started, I was watching very heavy things. I started watching Hunters, and I was just like, you know what? No, I don't. I don't want to keep watching these. It made me sick to my stomach. So I'm all about like feel good movies. And um, Nancy Myers, she's one of my favorite writer directors. Um, she went on Katie Couric's Instagram Live, and she gave a list of like what she's been watching. Mm-hmm. So. Um, from so she like Young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks, of course, Sabrina, The Apartment, Birdcage, His Girl Friday, this movie from the 40s, it's great. On um like Heaven Can Wait and Shampoo, have you guys watched any of those? Nope, that that that's, that's seems you've like never not... seen Young Frankenstein? Oh no, I've seen that one. I've seen Young yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, I've never Bird seen. Birdcage, well Birdcage is oh my it's god, Birdcage I've seen. Bird, yeah, Birdcage, yeah. Birdcage I've seen. Yeah, so it's those kinds movie. of yeah stuff like that. I got into RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, okay. <laughs> to get into more real TV stuff, but it's good. Um, Dead to Me season two, Ooh. the Disney Zenimations. Oh my God, those are the definition of impressive. Have you guys watched those yet? Wait, wait, uh, what? You 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 rattled off a lot there. Yeah, you can't <laughs> go very fast. Right, so so which ones are you are you impressed with? The Disney the, or the, the Disney Zenimation? Zenimation, no, I I haven't. Uh, that just came out, correct? Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so how how is it? Go go into the detail. Excellent. So they're only five minutes each, um, and there's about I forgot how many there were. I think it's fourteen. I'm way off. It's either fourteen or it's seven. I'm not sure because <laughs> um, because Disney has so many different shorts that they released. Um, right. but it's so what it is. I'm sure you guys know already. It's the um, so they take different scenes from classic Disney movies, and it's just like it's just the audio. It's amazing. So it's every. So they have one where it's water realms. The rest is just nature, um, hustle and bustle of a city. And they have one like for each episode, only five minutes. And they're just so so soothing. And plus, it's the nostalgia Disney, so that makes you just want to like happy cry. And I'll tell you what, and Ernesto, you have your little ones at home. They will put them to sleep instantly. 
if you need that. So no, so if so if you guys are still quarantining out there and you're having trouble sleeping, definitely give these a shot. And it's just amazing what they did with the sound mixing. And uh, what did you think of Dead to Me? You said you watched Dead to Me season two because I have that yes. on my list this week as well. So what? It's, what did you it's think? good. It, yeah. It's um, I, I love it. I love how it, it's just very intense. I love Linda Canarelli and Christina Applegate together. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a twist that I don't really think is necessary. I don't think it was like the smartest move to make, but I guess it makes sense. Um, basically, James Marston is still in the show. Um, yeah. As you know, like from the finale from the first episode, he got shot. That's all you know, really. Like stuff happens. Um, yeah, it's just it was they, it was kind of a cop out approach that they used. I don't want to give too much away. It's really? still good, but so? it could have been better. Interesting. I was okay. I was okay with it because I like him. I mean, it really, if anything, it speaks it speaks to James Marsden's acting more than anything. Absolutely. To come, to come back and have to to play um, to play another role. Right. Yeah. And I totally agree. I love him too. He's he's one of my favorites. I just like, but they made him a twin. I'm like, that's why. It just seemed strange. <laughs> but um, but I I did like it a lot. I'm a fan. And it's an easy watch too. You can watch the whole thing in one day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what else, what else you got this week? What else you got first year? Is that it? Is that us for your list? Besides, obviously, um, the lovebirds. I'm finishing Mad Men. Ooh. Oh, how far? Which in? does not make me happy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's because well, it's it's gonna be off of Netflix on June 10th, so I'm trying to finish it before then. Oh yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, how, so, how, how how much more you got? I have. I'm on. I have two seasons left. Oh, all right. You're going to work. (laughs) Got it. You got time. Basically, yeah. I I love season five. Season five was great. It is. Have you seen it before? Have you seen the whole show? No, I haven't. So I I was, it's taking me years to actually finish it. Honestly, it's it's hard to watch. Um, It's it's excellent, but it's not something you want to keep watching for me. Yeah, because it's it's very, it's very, but I mean, it's up your alley. It's very uh, dialogue and character driven. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Just like too intense, depending on the day. But yeah, that, that's it for me. Well, well hold on. I, I want to talk about Mad Max because I haven't seen anything. But what, what struck me was interesting, uh, what you just said, was that you said you've been taking it's been taking you years to, to, to watch this series, almost as if you were watching them as they were being aired in and of itself throughout the years, like on cable yeah. television. So what why? Is you know I mean I'm not I probably understand why it's taking you to this long. You said the material can be can be rough sometimes, but how does it feel like you're not going back and like rewatching, but you have the option to watch all of it at one given time, but yet you know you're you're taking little chunks here and there. So like, do you forget? Is it almost like you know what I really want to continue this? I didn't really like how, what, what's going on in your mind that makes you like either want to continue watching it after so many years of like just putting it down. It's almost as like um well I didn't like it then. Maybe I can just pick it up again and watch it now. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. Like, I haven't, um, I haven't forgotten anything. Surprisingly, like whenever I get back to it, it's just like automatic madman mode. Like I'm ready to go. Right. Um, yeah, but I feel like so the reason why I'm taking longer is I, I, I like it just the same. I do think it's got. I think seasons four through where I am now it are much better than the first three seasons. Um, just because like the buildup was was great and necessary but this is just it's more in the action so i like it i like it better now um 
What was the, the second part of your question? Uh, I, I just I just find it fascinating that you have the option to watch it all now. Right. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, well, I'm not watching it in anticipation like how I would if I was watching it as it was being released. So I think that right. that kind of dampers it. You're right. Yeah. Me. You know, I'd rather yeah, yeah. just finish it. But it, it's just like it's just not happening that way. But it's getting better. <laughs> well, for well, example, like no spoilers here. The show's been out forever. But um, the episode where Lane hangs himself was I couldn't I, it put me in the worst mood all day I couldn't like it's it's mm. great it, it shows how how impactful it really is but I was watching Mad Men and I'm always watching The Sopranos it's just on like whenever <laughs> I'm doing anything and of course there was another episode where the guy hangs himself I, I don't like I just I needed to <laughs> go back to those feel-good well, moments Sopranos. again <laughs> <laughs> it's The Sopranos that's expected <laughs> And it's basically expected in Mad Men too. Any any drama, so, yeah, that, that's basically it. If you're a drama movie or TV show, HBO or AMC, someone does not hang themselves. It's not a good show. <laughs> wow. Okay. And <laughs> you know, that's that's my new. <laughs> no, well, think about it. They're both like, the the top two shows. Well, the top three shows of all time. So I haven't watched Breaking Bad yet. But does anyone hang themselves in hang in in Breaking Bad? That would be a spoiler, Gia, and we're not going to tell you that. And also, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's not that it's number two, and it's, it's downgraded to number three of all time. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> um, <what? laughs> You did. We, we were talking back and forth um, a little bit, and I feel I think you, you forgot one because I was waiting for you to mention it. But you mm-hmm. saw Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course. Um, I did watch it. I watched it in the first three days from it was released. Um, <laughs> I liked it, but I didn't like it. Really? Okay. What did you guys think? Well, I, I saw I it. I don't think Ernesto saw it. Yeah. So I I saw it. And. The only I actually really enjoyed it. The only problem that I had, and I said this last week, the only problem that I had with the show was the very end, the last episode. I I felt like it was too fairy tale Hollywood ending, and mm-hmm. like well, like it's like it's like too like a happy Hollywood ending, and I just felt like everything was going right, and I don't feel like you know the characters themselves were going through a lot of stuff throughout the series, the the limited series, but at the very end, I just felt like that at the end of the day, they everyone kind of came out on top. And for some reason, I wasn't okay with that because hmm. I don't feel like that's always the case, especially with Hollywood. Like you're going to get disappointed. And I feel like that didn't happen. And I'm trying to, you're trying to work around not giving away how this, this show ends. But I, I feel like that's, that was my main problem. Like I walked, I like I finished the series and I'm like, I'm not satisfied because they're happy. It's weird to say, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's not Hollywood, baby. Yeah, no, right, I it, totally, Yes. Well, well, you're not alone on that. And I've read so many reviews where people think the same thing. Um, really? Because if you're going to make it realistic, then make it realistic. Right. You know, if you're going to keep it dark, keep it dark. And that, that's why I, I, and I, I agree with you. And that's why I liked Betty and Joan better than Hollywood when it comes to just like strict Ryan Murphy storytelling. I was surprised that he did it this way. And, and the whole thing with, um, uh, with Rock Hudson, like he tried yeah. to make like show how he think he what he was going through, but it turned out that that wasn't entirely accurate either. So right, again, yeah. if you're gonna do it, just do it. Right. And, and a lot of and a lot of um, people also had a problem with the 
it just that the whole series itself was too rushed. I don't, I, I didn't think that I like the first three episodes I did not enjoy. Like I, I actually enjoyed the second half, which is I, ironic. Um, well, I think it's funny because yeah. like I was actually hooked with the, because, well, it, I mean, it started off with, with, with literally a bang and uh, yeah. I wasn't sure what was uh, like, I'm like, are we watching what I think we're watching? I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize this was the, like they went down a different direction and they were going down, which I was completely fine with. I just wasn't expecting it of like right. which avenue they were going down. And so like, and it went, once I like, they kind of laid down on the groundwork. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I like, mm-hmm. I you know I like where we're going. Um, it, and I liked everything that I was about it. I was like, I was shocked on, on some moments. Like, I think it was a well-told story. It just, I wasn't satisfied with the ending. And with the ending. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's like my biggest thing. But I'm surprised you said that you didn't like the first three episodes because that's honestly what kept me going. It yeah, well, like I, I was still hooked, but yeah. I, it felt at the time they were just throwing all of these balls in the air and it took too long for them, like for the groundwork to be done, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Because, of course, there's so there's like basically like two foils to this, which is still great because all the characters that they created were wonderful. Um, but it just took too long for me. And yeah. it was just like pure... Like it, it, it was just sex, 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 which is fine. Um, <laughs> and but it's like, where is this going? What are you trying to say? Like they're making um, uh, Jim Parsons' character like the Harvey Weinstein of, you know, a little bit, yeah, yeah, of, of homosexual behavior, pretty much, like or just like or like yearning, which was, I, I, I don't know. It, to me, that felt insensitive. Mm. Which I have, I really have no right to really think that, but it just, it didn't read well to me i'm not right. sure even though and the performance was great i just I didn't understand to say that, yeah. why i was going toward it yeah his performance you know? was, i love his performance in it i was like it's funny because i've only ever seen him really in in um uh in big bang theory i, I watched the mm-hmm. whole series and so, so he is sheldon so now that he's able to get out of that contract and really do other projects i'm like you haven't yeah. done much really uh <laughs> as far as like a variety of sense but when all of a sudden you did this and i'm like oh damn jim parsons you you're on a different awesome, level, right? For sure. Yeah. I know. No, very That's impressive. Well, sure. yeah. but, but I feel I have to. I have to say this. Um, so, when it comes to Ryan Murphy's shows, I feel like it's either you love him or you hate him, and <laughs> which is yeah. So because you have Glee of America, basically you have your Glee and musical theater people, and you have your American Horror Story people, and usually they tend to meet in the middle. Um, and it's super interesting because I think Patty Lapone's performance was absolutely amazing. I, I definitely think she's a contender for an Emmy Award for this. Um, mm-hmm. or I, I do. I really do. Um, but I just, but I'm trying to think because if you think of certain Broadway stars like Barbara Streisand, she's also kind of controversial, you know, or even like Deborah Messing too. Like either you like her, or you don't like her. Um, Patty Lapone is such a badass. And I was reading this article about her because I just got so into her. And there is an article from the New York Post that says, like, she's the biggest trash talker in Hollywood, which I thought was hysterical and the most ironic thing for her character in the show. Um, for those who haven't seen it yet, um, Patty LuPone's character, like, she is the wife of the uh, the studio head. And he gets sick. She takes over. So she makes everything, you know, as equal as she possibly can. Like, she does right. She tries to do right by everybody at the studio when it comes to women's rights and um, just representation of everybody. And she doesn't care if a movie is going to be controversial or not. She's going to do it to like, to like use her platform as she should um, right. just to tell different stories. So but I was reading 
just different things that Patty Lapone is like. And she says the funniest things. Like she says Madonna, for example, like she can't act her way out of a paper bag, she said. <laughs> and she never saw the musical Mamma Mia because she hated ABBA. She said, no, I hate ABBA. I've always hated ABBA. I'm never going to see that musical. Like, <laughs> and it was so funny. And I was reading some smack against her, which was very surprising. Um, but it got me thinking, if the whole show is about Hollywood and it, of course, with, Hence the name. Right. If if the if a Broadway star, who of course became a Broadway star because of how much like she saw the glamour and glitz of Hollywood as she was growing up as a kid before Broadway, honestly, if if a Broadway star can't be dramatic, who else? Who in the world can be dramatic? You know, so that, that just got true. me thinking of um, how people look at celebrities. Um, just like on the red carpet versus like how they actually are in real life. And I thought that right. was really cool to see. That, that, that is a very interesting perspective. That's why a lot of people like the gossip, basically. They want to they wanna see in their lives and uh, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but but uh, but yeah, so uh, Ernesto, I'm sorry, is that all you have on, on what you're watching, Gia? Yes. That's yeah. How's it? Okay. So Ernesto, what have you been watching? Me, I wanted you to go first. But all right, what? fine. I, but you know what? That, I'll go first. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. So uh, I finished Big Little Lies season two. Mm. Um, great, did Have you watched it? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think Meryl Streep's character from the first episode she was introduced. She's great. Her performance throughout the entire season. I loved seeing her arc. Um, she had to come into a realization of, with a lot of things. Um, about herself and about her family that she had to like really just deal with and own up to. Um, Laura Dern, she's such a badass. I can see why she got her role in Marriage Story, perfect casting. Um, I kind of felt like in the beginning of the season, like something that really drew me was like how they tied the music in season one. Like every episode, like there was a certain song or a certain musical element that just really tied into it and it wasn't really i didn't feel it as prominent in the beginning of the season but towards the end um it really it started kicking back up again uh, the kid acting is still strong um there was one there was one scene with a little boy he called his mom a bitch that's not gonna fly in my household <laughs> yeah um they set up they did it seems like they did set up for season three kind of like the aftermath or blowback over things that were that finished in the finale of season two. Um, but I think for me, for me to stay interested, I need to see more elements because now that like, it seems like the main, the main thing that they were dealing with has all been all but resolved. So I think I need to see more, there needs to see be more things happening for me to be key, stay interested in, in the world. Nonetheless. nonetheless. What did you think, Gia? You said you watched it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm totally with you on on just the cast and the characters. Meryl Streep's character, she's not meant to be likable, so I didn't like her, um, <laughs> separate from her performance, I guess. Um, and, but with what you were saying about the music, yes, I oh, I can go on and on talking about like how music like totally affects shows and, and movies. Um, yeah, but I I liked it. I feel like it's kind of similar to um, to season two's in general, like with um, with Dead to Me. Like, I'm just waiting to see what's actually going to come out of this. Um, same thing with Maisel. Like, okay, what's going to happen now kind of thing. So I think it's just one of those season twos that 
that are, that's really good and it stands it stands well on its own but how is that going to carry throughout an entire show correct so correct. it's not, uh, also very but it's, it's excellent well. like sorry that that's the the show you on netflix uh, you're you're talking about you're 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 listing a whole bunch of season twos and like where they're gonna go from here and I feel like you the show kind of falls into that category as well. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Big Little Lies, but based on what you just said, Ernesto, it does sound like that you kind of falls into that category of like, all right, well you kind of wrapped up everything. Like if they ended the show here, it would have been fine. Like yeah. if if you if you like if you like you read online saying oh it got canceled, I'm like well. At least they, you know, they kind of sort of ended it, not really, but you know they're going to continue. So you're kind of like wondering where they're going to go from there. Um, and it sounds like that's the case for a little big lies or big. I'm sorry, big little lies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but it's so hard because just looking at like 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 the arc and like order of shows, like cause I feel like lately there's not like a real cliffhanger, you know, like season two and big little lies, like it ended. It's you know what I mean, but it's but it wasn't exactly a cliffhanger, so I'm just confused. I'm waiting on the edge of something, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, which I which I'm okay with. It's like yeah, but when it comes back, I'll give like the first couple episodes and watch. I'm like, all right, it's not for me anymore. Goodbye. And then I just move on. Well, I remember um, that's how I was with Secret Life of the American Teenager. You know, also with Shailene Woodley, but that one just kept dragging on and on. Like this is not like that. Thank goodness. No. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, I'm sorry, Nesto, but uh, I said, I mean, you made a good point about cliffhangers. And I I feel like that since we're in uh, our new word that we discovered, thanks to Brian, binge culture. uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that they don't really need to hook us on another episode. It's not like to say, hey, tune in next week to find out what happens next. You know, since we're all binging everything, it's just like you can you can either end the episode for what it is. Or you can maybe give a little tease of like what's going on, but it doesn't have to be this big hook to get you going. And even when the show ends, just like you were saying again, it's like you can end a season and then just move on to, you know, you got a little bit of a thread of what's going on for the next season. And then you kind of go there instead of like this big, what the fuck just happened? I got to wait till next season to find out. So it's very interesting that we're kind of you were in that mindset and maybe the the people who are creating the show is like we don't need to end every episode with a cliffhanger. We can you know, they're going to they're going to press play regardless. And if they don't, Netflix is going to do it in five seconds. So they're they're fine (laughs) regardless. Yes, you're absolutely right. I never thought about it like in that way. It's like, yeah, you don't have to do it that way anymore. But I still think that they should, you know, because that's just what makes a good show. Uh, You know, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, because it's like it, 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 it just goes from like every scene should have a beginning, middle, and an end. Every episode should have a beginning, middle, and season show. Like I feel like you need to have that formula there. But I feel like there's a middle ground there somewhere where like mm-hmm. you know like Walking Dead used to do this shit and it used to really piss me off. Like they <laughs> like they give you a cliffhanger, but it's like too far. Like you went too far back. Like there's still more mm-hmm. story that you need. You need another cliffhanger because you're still leaving some story out for this season like i don't want to finish watching this season in the beginning of next season like there needs to be some sort of finality to like like i need to see the season should be like a chapter like the like the whole this whole sequence events plays out but this is what's happening next should be like what you should come back for so Mm -hmm. i yes that what i'm saying like to your point like yes to a point there needs to be some sort of cliffhanger but they also need to finish telling a story you already started telling yeah exactly 
Yeah. It's like tune in next year to see if they come back. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Game of Thrones, two years. Yeah. Later. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. You, know, you know what this sounds like though? It sounds like you know there may be some you know kind of giving Marvel some credit, which I can always give Marvel credit always, for yeah. everything. <laughs> uh, but like they kind of kind of what you were just saying, Ernesto. They ended. They gave you a beginning, a middle, and ending of a movie. Mm-hmm. But where they gave you the tease is at the end credits. They and it's, right. sometimes sometimes it was a silly joke, but sometimes like the best like oh shit moment was in the end credit scene where you're like oh man I can't wait to watch the next Marvel movie because you just like you finished watching this one and now you, you're being greedy you want a little bit more to get you on to watch the next one and I feel like that maybe maybe some shows should do that you know you know kind of at the last second you give us a little tease to continue but you still ended your story yeah, yeah. yes yeah no, you're absolutely right it's like a, it's a genius move that they yeah, started. it yeah. is. So uh, also, I've watched. I finished watching Westworld season three. Ah! Oh, I didn't even. I, didn't even start I know. I watch it. I knew. I knew I was gonna you get you. You that one in there, damn it! I did, I did. <laughs> so, well, Gia, just to give some backstory, like when when season three dropped, me and Matt were like, "Oh, we're so excited! We're gonna watch it week to week." And then I don't know, like we watched the first couple episodes. And they were good. Don't get me wrong. They were very strong things, especially episode two. I would say the Maeve episode, episode two of the season is probably one of the stronger – probably one of the strongest episodes of the season. But then like somewhere in the middle, it just kind of – it's not like it fell apart. It's just like, all right, like – it just it didn't feel like it needed to be a week to week watch. And after I like like I just said, I just finished season three. Like I was like, all right, it didn't really need the week to week watch. So because for me, like the middle of the season fell flat. Can you guys hear me good? Yeah, no, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Can... All right, good, yeah. good. Sorry. <laughs> middle of the season fell a little flat, but it picked up towards the end. But there's an after credit scene, and that's kind of funny. We were just talking about that. Like they they finish the episode, and then there's an after credit scene that gives you a hint for what this fourth, what the fourth season will be like. Um, Fine. Yeah. But it did. But this season felt like one of those like, all right, we need. This is like we got a lot of storytelling, like a lot of character narrative we got to get out. Yeah. But like it feels like this is what throws the universe off that's going to send them towards their end game nonetheless you know what i mean oh okay all right you know so I mean? like there's a lot of story there's a lot of story building that happens in this season but it's still i'm still really excited for it they touch on a lot of things that were great um they, a lot of heavy themes about you know about choices and how our choices affect us and mm. you know how how there's so many of us um, the set, I think the set design in the finale was incredible. Like they show this riots, just the way they shot this riot scene in the end. And like just using a lot of like spotlighting just to add that uh, smokes and spotlights to you to add that effect. It was it was incredible. Um, it kind of showing how scary it is to leave a digital foot, uh, footprint. You know, how many times do you search for something on your phone or you talk about something that you like? <laughs> we'll, we'll, let, we'll let him pass. <laughs> hey guys, you got places to go. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get it. Oh, well, um, like it shows how scary it is to leave a digital footprint. You know, you talk about when you search for something, like that's logged in some company that knows what your preferences are, and like that, it kind of shows like a kind of very black mirror, like showing like what the worst possible scenario would be if somebody had that much personal data on you. You know, and it this this is one of those shows where definitely like 
at the end they do a behind the scenes of every episode right. so it kind of gives you some insight which is it's always great they always the interviews are always great um and then but Maeve has another fight scene towards the finale and it was just as great as the one in the second episode really oh man all right so I'll, let me ask you this uh since, since i haven't i haven't watched it since since the second episode every season so far there was there were basically like an oh shit moment Right. Do we do we get that this season? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's okay. a, it really. That's what I'm saying. Towards the middle of the season, it kind of flattens out a little bit. But it really picked to me. It picked up in the end. OK. All right. So it's it's worth getting not, not to say that Westworld's getting through, because I, yeah. I feel like you got to You really got to sit down and like think about it because like there's a lot going on. And I feel like you'll miss it if you blink. Um and Matt, you're right. gonna be proud of me. I got, a lot, I, got, I still got quite a few left on my list this week. Uh, I keep going. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to hear them. You, you were busy this week. Uh, I also we me and since my wife came back from visiting her family in North Carolina, we got to finish Little Fires Everywhere. Um, mm. Great. Did you watch it, Gia? Seems like you did. That was seems like no, you did. not yet, because I don't have Apple TV, but I'm dying to watch it. Oh, it's on Hulu. It's, it's on, on Hulu. Hulu. Wait, what? Wait, did you think it was on <laughs> Apple TV Plus? Well, I'm an idiot. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> Someone's yeah, clearly fun. not looking at new to streaming, you, which you can find on our Instagram page at Box Office Adventures. <laughs> <Avengers. laughs> For the record, I do look. I get no. I get post notifications and story notifications and live notifications. <laughs> if you knew that, then you wouldn't have. Then you would have known that it was on. The <laughs> I, I missed it. I, another oversight today. It's a quarantine brain. Okay. Hey. But here's a follow-up. Do you have the Just Watch app? Matt hooked me up on this. So you can literally, if you don't know what something is streaming on, you go on this app, you type in the name of the movie, and it'll tell you where you can stream or rent or buy it. It's pretty yes, cool. Yes, I need that app. Exactly. You do. Thank it, you. It, it's a great app. We're not we're not being endorsed by anything. We're just endorse them, but we will take money if they they want to endorse us. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. just think they have a great they have a they offer a great service. Yes, they do <laughs> very much. So. Well, 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 please continue with your review of the show. <laughs> uh, with little fires everywhere, like it was great. Um, it kind of encouraged me because this past week, um, shameless plug, you know, on my skipping rocks media, my Instagram page, I started posting. Uh, I have like a photo, my photography. I started posting some pictures Woo! like the show just, it just, it made me want to, I was like, damn, I got to start doing shit again. Like, like I've, like I've been slacking. So, you know, it made me take my camera out, but, uh, I loved how I loved Carrie, Wa- Carrie Washington's like, I just love her delivery. But like, I kind of told you and Brian la- la- a couple weeks ago when we talked, yeah. there's just something that she does with her face when she tries to exert emotion and it's nothing against her as an actress. Cause I really think that she's amazing. Like, I really think she's incredible. I love the way she delivers. It's just sometimes I feel like she puts too much in her face and I'm not an actress. So, I mean, I'm not one to talk, but that's just my, <laughs> that's just my opinion. When I, when I see it, like, like yeah. when I'm, when I'm watching it in the moment, it, it, I feel like it pulls me out. Like it, like it, it's very, it's distracting. Like, you know what I mean? And so like, like you're trying to get in, you're trying to be in the moment and then like, what are you doing with your face, Carrie Washington? No, and then, no. like, I tell my wife, like when she does it, I tell my wife, I said, look, she's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes and then she goes and she laughs because it's like something that we like we talk about during the show. But it's like it's like one of those things like like it pull. It's just one of those things that pull you out. But nonetheless, the show is great. Um, I think they set up to have a second season. Um, but I love season one because it set, it stands as its own complete narrative. Um, okay. All right. 
And they just, I love the way they show how, like, little lies, like, obviously the show's called Little Fires, but it shows how little lies you cover up, they actually are hiding maybe the bigger lies that you're actually trying to hide from everybody. Interesting. Okay. It's good. It's very good. It's very interesting. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I started Homecoming Season 2. So Julia Roberts, she's in the first season. She's also an executive producer on the show. Um, She's not, so far in the first two episodes, she's not there. She she left at the end of season one. But she's still EPing on this season. With, but Janelle Monet is in this. She's incredible. I'm only two episodes in. I'm like super excited to like like I'm already hooked. It's like a it's a very eerie thriller. Like it's kind of it's like kind of creepy almost. It's really great. Really really. It's neat. an anthology series, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like you've like they set it up and exact they set it up so like each season like they couldn't they could realistically introduce a new character every season and you go along their journey to see what to see what happens in within this universe. Feels like season one, it was a setup for what's to happen in this universe. Uh, what is what is the tone? What, what are we getting here? Like what what I mean, is there like a a theme or a tone? Because I know nothing about Homecoming. It's like a mystery thriller. So what it is is that like Julia Roberts is a therapist, but she's a therapist to um, military guys who are dealing with uh, PTSD, and they're mm. giving them drug but the drug is affecting them in various ways and a, a lot of season one is back and forth on disco- her with a certain patient she's talking with a patient and just uncovering secrets about this drug and and what it's doing and how it's effect and how it's affecting them what's cool about season one is the way it's shot it's like the a lot of they really mess with the um aspect ratio so anytime you oh you're looking in the past the screen will go to four like it was shot in four by three so it's it, like you automatically get like that old feel that old feeling and then you get present time is like you know crystal clear 4k hd 16 by 9 <laughs> like like you definitely like you definitely know the difference of where you're at within the world and they do a lot of that they do they play with a lot of that back and forth and how they relay the information to you and that's just season one. And season two has literally a whole different feel to it. Like they don't, they haven't even explored, at least so far, they haven't explored that with um, with going back and showing us the past and whatnot. Right. Interesting. Okay. That actually might be in my wheelhouse. I might give that a I might give that a look. I think you should. And you know what? This next one that I watched is just for you, Matthew. Oh my God. <laughs> you're gonna, I think you're gonna be excited. I I think I already am. You better disappoint. I think I know you're gonna go watch. I think I think I know. On Amazon Prime. Uh huh. Yeah. Watch. I'm like almost with finished with the first season of Upload. Oh, that's not what I thought you were gonna say. Really? I I I mean I'm ha- I'm I'm excited that you watched Upload because I want to hear about it, but that's not that's not exactly what I thought you were going to say. Well, now I'm just. Dis- what did you I'm, think I was gonna say? I, I thought. I mean, I don't want to. I'll I'll say it when you're done with your watch you're watching because it could be still there. I'll still live a little no, hope. Last one. This is the this last, last one. one. I thought you were gonna say because I've been te- <laughs> Gia. I've been teasing Ernesto so hard about watching this movie, <laughs> and I, I thought he was gonna say you watched it. Um, but La La Land. I thought you were gonna say you finally watched <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> and I was like, Gia's on. Maybe he would have, you know, taken the plunge and well, watched the movie. <laughs> well, he said it was for you, Matt, not for me. So you're right. You're right. <laughs> Well, you know what's really funny about that, Gia, is that I actually told him leading up to this, I said, you know, I think I'm going to finally watch it before we talk to Gia again. And I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Lion's Gate did a whole YouTube live stream of the movie, too. It's okay. I know. <laughs> okay. 
you know what? We'll re- we'll re- let's reset because I want to. This means we have to get you to come back on. How about that? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. well, how about this then? So let's reset. So Ernesto, what's the big thing you want me to watch? What what's, what's what did you what did you just watch that I'm, I would be excited about? Uh, I watched on Amazon Prime. I watched the first. Well, I'm powering through the first season of Upload, and man, I am really, really, really enjoying it. I think I'm actually enjoying it. Like I, I kind of wrote it off in the beginning, but I started like it just really. It, I was hooked after the first episode. You know, I love how they talk about like consciousness. Like they talk about there's like the video game nods. Like how there's certain points you can see like where it's lagging. Like yes. I love that little imperfections. Um, and they kind of give you that comparison about how imperfect life is. Like even in a perfectly designed game, there are flaws that are unavoidable. Like you have to deal with. Kind of very similar to what we deal with with life. Like. Kind of, I mean, I think I'm at episode eight. And okay, so you're almost done. Yeah, I'm almost done. I'm telling you. And I started watching <laughs> last night. We've, we've oh, been oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It's just, to me, it's a binge. It's a really good binge. It's it's feel good. I, Rob, and I like Robbie Amell. Obviously, I liked him, you know, when he was Firestorm. I love his brother, Stephen Amell, and Arrow, even though I never finished, like, past season four of Arrow. It's funny. I, that's, that's as far as I got, too. Yeah. It's okay. I really, I really, just a side sidebar. I really fell off after the de- when Deathstroke. The whole after Deathstroke, I feel like after that it really kind of just took a dive for me. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, I I always I always want to go back to it, but then I'm like, well, if I gotta go back to that, I gotta go back to Arrow and Flash and DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. Like this, that's a lot to dive Black- into. Yeah, I know. It's like a commitment because there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of shows within that universe. Uh-huh. The only ones I keep up with is Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. And I'll probably watch the uh, the crossover, the big crossover okay. episode that was because now it's all on Netflix. See? Right, exactly. Now is my time to watch all the CW shows <laughs> yeah. that everybody's been talking about. You're on that now, Netflix time. Yeah, I'm on that <laughs> Netflix schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh some of the things that like really stood out to me, there's a scene where the little girl is over She's having dinner with um, Robbie Amell's girlfriend's family. And she's like, she's so used to eating, like in this world, everything's high tech. Have you seen the show? No, not yet. So there's a scene, like, like everything is high tech. Like the whole, the whole thing is um, when you're about to die or some people have a choice, even before they die, you can choose to either die naturally and just be dead or before you die, they can upload you into a digital afterlife. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's like the main thing. So that's Robbie Amell's character. That's like the first like 15 minutes of the show. So it's not really yeah. giving too much. Like, you know, his girlfriend makes a decision for him and tells him that she's going to, you know, you could be with me forever. So he had a choice right at the last minute to go to the OR for surgery or to go on the upload. And to him, it, they made it seem like he was like he was going to die. Like he didn't like it was basically like a failed attempt to even try to save him. So then obviously his so his girlfriend signed him up so his girlfriend is now paying for her dead boyfriend's afterlife so there's a even that within itself there's so many different themes but so in the in the season he's um his niece is having dinner with her family and she bites into the chicken and she hits it she's like what's this hard thing inside the chicken and she's like oh that's oh that's called the bone because people who are lower class are used to only having printed meat and it's kind of to show you because, and it's kind of weird. Look at us, look at the meat industry now. 
like how they're talking about how high priced meat is. And that's like an extreme exaggeration showing like, you know, only rich people are going to be able to afford to have the real food. They're going to come up. They're going to try to come up with printed meat, you know, for people who can't really afford it. So I thought that was like a weird I thought that was a weird nod to see like in the show. That was kind of like, oh, that was a little too that was a little too real for me. (laughs) 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 Something else is like um, they it seems like. They gave you this bit of information because that may be what the second season is about, or I'm not sure because I don't know how the season ends. But they have these people where he's at, they they all have unlimited data. But then the girl who's his angel, which is like his service provider, a part of the company, she takes him to this area where people have a, only have a two two gig data cap, and when they cap out for the month, they're frozen until the next until the next month. So these people are in their digital afterlife. They could be frozen for God knows how long, because they have a cap on how much data they have. And it, I felt like it was a it was a nod to showing, like, you know, data is information. Like, that information should be free. Like, that should be available to everybody. You know, they show him the little boy reading the book, and only, like, the first four pages were there. It's like, oh, you have to pay to get the rest of the book. Like, and he, you, show, you see all these games now where they have a game may be free, but 90% of the game is has in-app, pur- in-app game purchases. Yeah, you, you make a lot of good points because this show really touches upon morality. Like it's like, you know, and as you I want to go back to the two gig part you were talking about. It it almost becomes a sense of like, is it worth having? I mean, technically, they are already passed away. Right. So like their their consciousness is still in this digital afterlife, but you still there's still somebody to you. And and the person who is living, it could be seen as maybe greedy that you just want them so you can be in contact with them. But you, there's only two gigs, so they're going to freeze instantly. So what kind of afterlife do they really have if they're going to be frozen for half of it? So why even bother? Just like basically it's also a point of letting go. You're not really letting go of the people in your lives. And it could be selfish that you want to keep them around if they are just being miserable because you want to have access to them. And so there's, there, I feel like there's, and that particular scene, there's, I feel like that's how I felt. Yeah, no, what's really interesting is that I think the show does a good, has a good way of showing both sides of the spectrum. They, yeah. they show like, like maybe somebody who would want that digital afterlife, how that would be a positive thing, but they have a character in the show that makes a very strong case for the other side as well. So they really, it seems like they really show both sides to the viewer and they leave it up to the viewer to, to make the decision on how they feel about it. Like, I don't feel like you can walk out of it upset either way of how they try to portray their information. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that because the, you know, I think the person, the character you were talking about his uh, he was like visiting this afterlife to yeah. see how, if he would enjoy it. And he was like, yeah, but your mom's not here. And and the mom, you know, the, his wife passed away and he was like, yeah, but my, my wife is she's not here and I want to be with her. And me being here is not going to do that. But the daughter wants her here, wants the father here because, you know, she wants she wants access to him. It's essentially what it is. And so and like Ernesto was saying, you're kind of paying to, for all of these amenities. And so really, it, it, you know, it. To some degree, you know, how expensive it is to have all these streaming services and putting money into games. This is essentially what this is, is like you're putting money into more or less keeping their memory alive. And so 
Yeah, it's 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 a lot, and you know, and the funny thing, this is a comedy. This is yeah. <laughs> this, this, but it's great. It, I really, I'm, I really, really enjoy. I enjoy the way it's shot. I enjoy. I think what I enjoy more than anything is good writing, and I think that's where this mm-hmm. this show shines. This is just really, really good writing, like a lot of good, a lot of good um character interaction dialogue, and I think the 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 comedy is witty. Like I don't know, they, it's well placed. It's very well placed yeah. comedy. Um, we, we started a new segment on our Instagram page called, um, uh, box office bingers latest binge. And we did, um, we put something up there about upload and, uh, and, and for me, I think one of the things that I mentioned in that was like the world, that's probably the most fascinating thing about this show is that you're being introduced to this world and they do a really good job of, like you were saying, relaying all this information. It's kind of clear cut. And so you understand how this world is being developed and then it pays off in some parts at the end of the at the end of the season which you will get to eventually and i and i think it's funny you mentioned that because they show there's one part that they show the opposite it's like you see this beautiful perfect digital afterlife and there's a not it doesn't really give too much away but you you get to you get to see another company's digital afterlife and it's like a low budget it's like a low budget one like low grade like Complete total opposite end of the spectrum, and they did a really. I think that was a really funny scene that they had put together. Yeah, basically he was like, "I want to be transferred into another one, so my my ex girlfriend or current girlfriend is kind of iffy in the show." Yeah, um, <clears throat> like I I want to be independent. I don't want her to keep paying for it. So they were shopping around to different afterlives, and he's like, "Look, you get this overview of." Of the safari and you know why don't you want to fly over the uh, Las Vegas Strip and like and like, like they really did a good job of like really painting that picture like this guy was living in luxury and then you and then you're being reduced to flyovers. It's, <laughs> it's like you can really smell the elephants. <laughs> right, exactly. It's almost like not, nothing to discredit the 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 ep, a, a soaring at Epcot. It yeah. almost felt like that's what it that's what that's what they're advertising. Yeah. It's just like you can just fly over here, and like that's what you're gonna be doing for the rest of your digital afterlife. It's just flying over places. The mom's like, "Aren't we gonna do like VR?" He's like, "No, this is IR. This is yeah. a little bit cheaper. It's a little bit cheaper, <laughs> but it's better. It's just like it's just like this weird projection over them." <laughs> and then I think I mentioned this before last week when I when I said I watched the show, but they also have there's people that can get into the digital world as well. There are suits you can put on. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's and part- so like, <laughs> say it again. No, I'll say like, that's so weird. Like that. It whole is weird. Yeah. Yeah. So- and it just, it's kind of like, I want to be with you. And so like you have that they put on the suit so they can feel and touch everything in the digital afterlife as well. So that's an, an odd thing to have. And then you also have that kid who wants to grow up. He died as a, as a, as a child. That's right. And and he's like what he's what the kid says, like my parents who are living don't want to pay for upgrades because they want them to be their little boy forever. And so that goes down and uh, a funny and yet also um, maybe depending how you look at a depressing story uh, as well or very uh, sentimental story of how like, you know, the the pros and cons of this particular situation slash world but i think it how 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 much in the future do you think this takes place because i feel like some of the stuff was like modern but not really i mean self-driving cars we're already talking about so a lot of the stuff we're already talking about you know they've got they've got like that fake meat i mean it's super expensive but it's yeah i mean it's it's there (laughs) like like you know who knows i mean it could be maybe 10 years if maybe even sooner 
Right. Yeah, I feel like not too distant off in the future. And also, I like their branding. They just kept putting two names together and called it a new brand. They were like, yeah. look at the, uh, what was it? You said IR. Look at the Panera Subway uh, IR system. And they're just like, they're just two two companies that apparently throughout the year, they just merged together and they kept the same name. There's a lot, there's a lot of little funny, there, I feel like there's a, like a lot of little funny like tech jokes in there. Yes. You know, yeah, there, there's a part where they go to this like um, this like underground, this like gray, oh, they yes. call it the gray market. And it's like basically like the black market. But you see like like coders with like their face covered and stuff like that. And you'll see like supported by Facebook. They've been stealing your data for forever. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, GF, we haven't convinced you on this show yet. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And I and I kind of wrote it off in the beginning. Well, you know, I, I have too. But honestly, hearing what you guys have said, I I seriously want to cry just from hearing what it's about and, like, like the it's messages that it sends. So, I will – I honestly, tonight, when this – like, I'll, I'm going to watch it. Right. How many – is it an hour long per episode or a half hour? I don't know. I didn't even look. Season one, uh, episode one. Start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> The first episode is an hour, and uh-huh. then er, there's ten episodes, and then every episode after that is is ten. Like Ernesto was saying, like I I started it the like the the night before, and I finished it the day after. So it, it it's it's a really quick binge, and it just it makes you it and and this is kind of like you said a testament to good storytelling because like we don't need cliffhangers per se to get you to watch the next episode. The the story is writing it in of itself that you want to watch the next episode. Yeah. So right. like it, it that's why it just makes it so entertaining. Yeah, yeah I, it really I, is I, all about the writing. Well, no, well it, it sounds like it's a mix of the good place with um yes. living with yourself kind of. Uh, no, uh, maybe, just like that kind I, of world. Like a whole uh, new different. Like I don't know. Yeah, I'll watch you, it. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty spot on with the good place. I do yeah. have. I there is a sense of good place vibes where like. In the, in the first season of The Good Place, you're just kind of wrapped up in in the world that they're trying to present to you. And I feel like There's I'm not there that, yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I think with The Good Place, you kind of grow with the characters a little bit. Because, like, I started liking – once you understand the world of The Good Place, then you started following the characters. And I really like the characters. But then – but I feel like with this show, I was more in love with the world that they presented and less about the characters. So, if this show continues, then I feel like their characters can grow and move on. I like to where I'm like now strictly concerned about these characters and less concerned about, you know, what else funny thing they're going to do in this world. This is so interesting. I can't wait to dive into this. And yeah, just, no. With Ernesto, I thought you were saying how like the angel is a service provider. Like that's hysterical. Yeah. You that know? Yeah. So, like I'm your angel. It's like, that's so right. like, right <laughs> <off the coast. laughs> Pretty much. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's very on the nose and it's, 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 yeah, it's in your face. Like, yeah, this is what. There's also, there's here. also a lot of, there's also a lot of workplace comedy that I think is pretty funny too. Yes. Okay. I, which I mean, which makes sense because Greg Daniels, he's the creator of the office. So yeah. So, so, uh, and, and parks and rec. So inserting his comedy, that workplace comedy, uh, you know, drama really makes sense. And also, I mean, like I said, Greg Daniels, he's a busy guy just at this Friday. He's, he's, he's uh, coming out with another show called space force on Netflix. So, uh, right. so I'm kind of excited to see space force after watching upload because I, I cause I enjoyed it so much. All right, Greg. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, and I kind of, I think I told you before the show, um, I, we just watched uh, 13 hours the other day. 
yeah like that was like a quick i've i've seen it before it was a great movie um we were just talking about like john krasinski and all the things that he does and i was like i told my wife i said man what was that movie we we first watched from him that we really liked and it was 30 so we went back and we and we rewatched uh, 13 hours and that was a good rewatch i forgot that it was a michael bay film yeah you know yeah. It, it's every now and then he might he might give us a good one uh, I, was like, I, better, I was like, I better not see any clips from the island or Transformers in here. <laughs> um, speaking of John Krasinski, Gia, did you see some good news on YouTube, his, the stuff he's been producing? Yes, of course. Yeah. So I I, have you heard the recent news about about this, about what happened with some good news? Well, are they trying to get it onto CBS? Uh, so Is that the news? I, yeah, yes. Yeah. So the news that I believe he sold it to CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. He sold that which is particular. great. Right. Well, I was actually going to ask you about that because oh, okay. you were watching because but let's talk about what this show is about, right? It, it's about some good news, and it felt like that this show was coming out of the kindness of his heart to produce this content when we're all kind of staying at home, and he's doing all these great things, and like I felt like I was like teared up almost every episode because of how wholesome uh, of all these isn't it's just doing great things around the community and around during this like this terrible time and like there's like literally some good news out there and he's producing it and he's literally just at his home bored out of his mind and he's doing all this stuff and now when it feels like he's finished with this at least for now the next time we hear from him is like well i sold this show because it did so great and i gave it to cbs to produce God knows what kind of content it was. And I think the, the, the best part about it was because it was at home. It was no high production value. Your kids made the sign and it looks great. You know, so it's like, like, I'm not sure if the I'm not sure if, if I have a feeling like you kind of sold out. And I'm not saying it was a bad move on his part because, you know, it's it was a great thing that he did. And I'm sure I'll watch it to see what else that can come out with. But I feel like it won't feel the same, especially since I heard he's also not going to be the host of it. Ooh, oh, that see, that I was going to ask to see if, if he was. Okay, well, now I'm thinking I read that about he's it. he's going to be a producer on, on the show, but not as, as a host, or maybe a recurring mm-hmm. guest, but not a host, so... Yeah, well, yeah, you're, well, you're exactly right. The reason why it works is because it's John, because it was at home, and it was about strictly during corona. You know, it's right. like this, like, right now, it's like, like, world shutdown. We're looking for something. Well, I, I'm also kind of surprised that CB, that any news agency would take it because, like, it's the news. Like, it's CBS. Right. Like, it's yeah. constant. Um, well, well, technically, this is CBS it, All Access. Yeah. True, it's All Access. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, so it's, like, one specific show. But if you have just, well, you think CBS, like, it's the news. And the news yeah. does tell good stories on its own. Well, of course, not. Well, it seems like there's never any, like, real, you know, positive stories from the news at all um but 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 there still is you know that's what journalists do like they try to find all kinds of stories right so i don't yeah i hmm, i don't know <laughs> I, I would I, well i thought if john was gonna host it then absolutely but if not yeah. then it's definitely not gonna be the same so I'm I'm a little surprised that he's not gonna host it i mean maybe he's busy but you know maybe cbs approached him like hey we got the show. If you're not going to do anything with it after this whole Corona thing blows over, we want to do something. I mean, look at America's funny some videos. Yeah. Maybe they see, you know, they see that the market is there. They see that okay, pe- this is what people want to see. So maybe we just find a way to give it to them. Like people tune in to America. That how long has that show been on TV? 
Yeah, you know, very true. it would it would be nice for him to do it, but you know, he's got to make Quiet Place three. So yeah, I know, right? I was about to say like I like sure. I when I when I saw that it was like he made a finale. I'm like, no, but wait, no, we're still in this, man. I I know I know you put in two months worth of work into it, but I I want more. Like it was oh, yeah. it was so good. I mean, and I so, get what like, you mean. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they'll they'll find someone who is just as wholesome as he is, because that's that's the only way it's gonna work, you know. Right. Yeah. I I just I don't know. I just feel like that out of out of all of this, and I'm very happy that he was able to get something out of this and bring a lot of people joy. But there's a small part of me that's just like, I don't know, John. I really like you, but this kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it's it. also an opportunity to maybe bring up to bring up another. Per another right. nice new personality onto the screen. Maybe somebody who's been waiting for their shot to come up. So maybe because right. he's still producing it, so he may his hands are still in the mix. Right. Exactly. right. Yeah. And and he did, you know, his last episode that he put out, you know, he was showcasing how other people around the world have basically been doing a variation yeah. of what he's doing. And so that's kind of if that's maybe what the message is, like anybody can tell some good news then maybe I can get behind it. But me, honestly, I would really want to see how this turns out to be like, you know what? Fuck that guy. You know, you say, <laughs> I, see, I see it working. Well, I see it working. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this. Well, and I hate to make this comparison, but I feel like it kind of fits. You know, like Blue's Clues. You know, you had Steve, you have Joe, and now you have the new guy. And it was a big, because that, that show does bring so much joy to two, two now three generations, kind of. Right. And like, the, that, that, was, that, was, that was an opportunity to bring like our, like the millennial Gen Z twist to it. So I feel like in this way, it could be a similar look. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would love an opportunity to try to anchor that show. That would be amazing. Or just, <laughs> just to be a contributor. No, because exactly. imagine how many freelancers are out there. That's very for true. Anyone. It's very yeah. true. It could, it could present more jobs out there for other people, especially right now. People are looking for them. Yeah. Um, and plus well, with Jimmy Fallon too, like with the science show, like it's, it's, I love watching him at home. You know, with his kids and, <laughs> and with Nancy, I love that, and, and he won a Webby Award for it. Oh, did um, he really? Yeah. yeah that's, oh, that's mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Is all, is all the stuff you have, Ernesto? That's all I got. For, all right. Uh, just our just our review for uh, yeah. for this week for the Lovebirds. Uh, so my list is actually very short. I didn't get a lot of watching done this week. Uh, no more mobile racing. We didn't get back into that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely keep you updated if we do. Um, I, we, we went down another, you know, and also last week I, we, I told you that I was like kind of rewatching movies. And mm-hmm. so on the vein of, of that, we, we went down, uh, a movie that that's amazing and it's, it's national treasure. Yes. Oh, good choice. Uh, that. I, I posted on my, on the Instagram page, yeah. uh, on the stories because after I finished watching it, it's like. For some reason, I like instantly went to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, what? I'm like, I love this movie so much. It was like from beginning to end, it was great. And then I look on Rotten Tomatoes like a 46. I'm like, what? What is going on? What do you mean people? <laughs> liar. people liar. <laughs> yeah, you lied. I don't. Well, I mean, this, we've all we've talked about like movie scores and like how that just it just plays into different people. That's a whole conversation within and itself. Correct. Yeah, the, the music in National Treasure is amazing, but that, that's why I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes because it is an excellent <laughs> movie. We, it is a rewatch, 100%. I've seen it a thousand oh, yeah. times. You know, Yeah, The Legend Rick, The Stain Affected, The Key in Silence. Under, I'm not going to keep... Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, oh, she really but that is, yeah, I know, right? right? I, well, I, no, I, well, okay, well, I just saw it. <laughs> yeah, please keep going, but that, that movie is a defining life movie for me. I would not be who I am without National Treasure. I think I've told you guys this before. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I, I wanted to see if like, if, am I the only one that really like, am I living in a very small bubble of people like in this movie and, and Instagram said, no, no, they're just wrong. So I'm glad I got the reassurance there, but I don't know. It was such, it was so good rewatching that movie. Um, it's just like, I love a good treasure hunt. That's also what, you know, I love the video game Uncharted. It's just, again, very similar to, it's just a, it's a treasure hunt video game. And so this one is just like, and it's, it, I'm not big into history, but you know, you, you, you learn a thing or two also as a learning experience. I actually, funny enough, in the uh, sixth grade history teacher, I convinced my history teacher to play this movie yep. because it was going to be educational. I'm like, I don't worry about it. I own it. Well, I'll, I'll put it in there. We're good to go. Right. And, and so like and I convinced him like this is a reason why we should play this movie in the classroom. And it worked. <laughs> I did the same thing. Oh, you did the same thing. Yes, I did. I did it with that and with Midnight in Paris. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's so funny that, that you didn't watch it for the history part of it, because that movie got me into history. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. That totally got me into American history. And then in high school, I was in an American history and law academy, and it would not have happened if it wasn't for that movie. Wow. That yeah. that's crazy. You know, I I love it for the treasure a uh, treasure hunt aspect of it. Yeah. And also, it feels like that. You know, all of this history. It, it also what's great about this movie is that like all this American history is literally all around you, all around this country. And it was great that they were able to like you know kind of pick apart things that happened and almost made it believable. As like, yeah, you know, I can. So you tell me right now, if I go to Philadelphia and I just like you know knock down some 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 cemeteries. <laughs> and then yeah. and then I can just go down the stairs and there's all the treasures right there. There's a you literally just got me to the treasure map. You just told me where it is. <laughs> just told me where it is. Right? I, this, this is based on a true story. It's got to be because all the all, 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 all the history makes sense. All the math checks out. Um, and so we you know it, it was just a great rewatch. And a good thing about a rewatch is that especially if you haven't seen it in a while, it felt like you hadn't. It felt like brand new again mm-hmm. because it's been years since I saw National Treasure. And so it was great. You know, thank you, hashtag Disney Plus, for uh, for having this. Even though I believe it was on Netflix for so long. But, um, but yeah, now I think they did. Disney Plus. Now it's on Disney Plus. And that's how I got it. It's long. <laughs> exactly. And then after that, we watched the sequel. Because why not, right? Huh. You, you, <laughs> just, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. And it was great. I think, you know, Nicolas Cage has been in a lot of stuff. But I still feel like this is, like, his best role. And then after that, you know, they uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who's a producer in the in these movies, very recently, I think that's what kind of made me want to go watch these, is because there was a story that came out saying that uh, Nick, uh, National Treasure Three is still happening, uh, we're still in the works from it, but also they announced that they're making a TV show for a younger audience. That's going to be on Disney Plus. So, like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm absolutely. But the thing is, they've been they've been saying National Tre- National Treasure three for so long. I can't believe it until I see a trailer at this point. It <laughs> it's just so near and dear to my heart, and I see it all the time. It's the same thing when you see stuff about a friends reunion or about NSYNC having a song together again. Like, I need. I, I can't at this point. I need to see it to believe it. Right. I, that's that's so true. Uh, I remember like very early stages because Book of Secrets came out in 2007. So we are now 13 years uh, yeah. from the second movie. And I'm very excited to see that, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage and all the other original cast is on board to do this movie. So like we know it's not them putting, you know, holding it back. Um, but I just I thought it was just really it was really good to sit back 
and rewatch a movie that, you know, you kind of grew up with in your childhood. And also, and, you know, it kind of makes you feel like, like, was I really as smart as I think I was back in a kid that I really understand everything that they were saying on the screen. And uh, I think I was a smart kid because I still, you know, I didn't, nothing flew over my head. So it was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, um, so yeah, I, it was a great, it was great to rewatch those. So it was like, I don't, and again, I was telling Ernesto last week, I don't go back and rewatch movies often, but every now and then you get that itch. You're like, you know what? You know, it's time. It's time to go that go down memory lane and enjoy yeah. uh, a good movie that you've you know known every now and then. So it was fun to watch that, and it kind of makes me like I had such a good time rewatching these. It makes me want to go back and watch more. But then, like you were saying, Gia, where I was like, oh no, now like another week came by, like ten thousand more things just came out. I don't want to be behind on all these new shows. So <laughs> it's 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 hard to like to to have that, especially when I want to watch the newer stuff, but also want to reflect. Uh, on the older stuff, but then also there's not enough time in the day to watch both. Right. You see, that's my problem because I am like a re. I am like my friends have called me this. I am the rewatch queen. All I do is rewatch. I love rewatching things. So and yeah, it, it's overwhelming on both. You're burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, pretty much. But also <laughs> yeah. like at least when you're watching something, at least when you're going into it, you're already you're already enjoying it. So if you if right. you're, if you're the rewatch queen, you're never gonna be disappointed whatever you start. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing I watched was uh, uh, Ernesto, based on your recommendation. So you might be excited for this. Uh, yeah, get ready for it. <laughs> I watched uh, the entire first season of Dead to Me. Woo! Okay. I mean, uh, I'm excited. It's good. What'd you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, I guess. <laughs> I'm a, Ernesto's like, I'm going to give you the same level uh, you gave me, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they, they kind of. There was uh, – I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, there was a lot of a uh, – like I would think I was very frustrated with uh, – uh, I forgot her name already. Um, not Judy? Judy, yes. Oh, my God. I was so frustrated with her character. I was like, stop making these decisions. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than this, Judy. I know you are, and I'm very frustrated with you. Use and, your <laughs> Did it get I was saying use your brain <laughs> yes no seriously uh, but it was great it reminds me a lot of another Netflix show that got cancelled called Santa Claria Diet mm-hmm. um, if, if you if anybody watched that and watched <laughs> first season yeah and it had that vibe it was like it was very witty at times but it was also very serious at times like it had very like serious you know uh, big messages especially dealing with grief and all that stuff um, and then, and then it also, there's a mystery element to it as well. And you're like, I was honestly, I was never rooting for Judy. I was never rooting for her to, to get by. <laughs> it's like, I want her to get caught because she's making stupid decisions. And I think I literally yelled at the TV when the, like an episode in season one where like she was, she met the guy at like the, uh, the, 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 the retreat that they went on at the very end of the episode. Like, oh, look who I found. I found a detective for, to, to see who who's your, who's the, who killed, uh, you know, your husband in the car. Like, what? Why? Why did you, why did you do that? <laughs> no, Matt, that is the exact moment where I screamed at the TV, too. I got so mad. I feel yes. you, 100%. I was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm already in the bag. I'm enjoying this. But it was, it was actually very funny. Because when Megan and I were watching the first episode, like I said, something's off about her. Something's off about Judy. I bet that, you know, she like she already had the vibe that she was the one that did. It. And it's not really a spoiler. It's, it's right there in the first episode that um, 
that you know she ran over her husband but there was there was like i there was already a suspicion there but i forgot there was like um a thing that they did that kind of threw me off the trail a little bit because they kind of presented another cliffhanger and i i really forgot what it was either uh oh, man i really wish i remember what it was but there was like actually ernesto is very similar to you know the ending of ozark season three where they kind of went in one direction and you thought, okay, I don't have to think about this anymore because they kind of already hinted at it. And then all of a sudden, like, nope, this is actually what it is. You thought right the first time, but we just, just kind of faked you out. Yeah. Yeah. And wait till I, season two. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I like, honestly, we, it took us, you know, about two days to watch season one there. It's, it's a quick binge. I can see myself by next week. I'll tell you my thoughts on season two. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's like it's it's an hour it's only 30 minute episodes so they're really quick binge yeah. um but i i enjoyed it i like i like where we're going i'm still frustrated with with judy but hopefully season two presents different things and based on what you two were saying it kind of does that a little bit maybe it does and, and i think any questions or like any like uncertainties you have about season one will be answered in season two and and it's cool because like the show had such a cult following that because it was a good i think about a year since um, the premiere of the first season and people oh, yeah. were worried that they were going to forget little details, but you really, it, you won't, it's fine. Like it's, it's like forgetful people friendly. In that way I too. see. So well, I'm not going to forget anything. I mean, I'm well, not forget, forget, but like, but like if you're like, it, it'll answer everything you need. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it fills I'm, look, I'm looking forward to season two. I really wish I remember what the, the fake out they presented in the first episode, but, um, but yeah, yeah. either way, I, I'm intrigued at what's, what's kind of what the world they got going on there. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's Will all. Will an EP. Sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah. Him and Adam McKay, which is, mm-hmm. which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, so that's all I've been watching. And uh, so now we're going to go into our spoiler review of Lovebirds, uh, the movie that just came out on Netflix that was supposed to be in theater. So Gia, we're going to start you with you. Hold what we uh, oh. hold, hold on, Matt. Before we get into it, we'll, let's let's go over the names of the stars of this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually got something for you. So, Gia, this has kind of been this, for unfortunately, this has been like an ongoing thing where we keep fucking his name up. Like yes. the main the main okay. Well, so I found this thing on Google. It's one of Google's most asked questions: is how do you pronounce his name? <laughs> and he actually answered it in a video. So no way. It, yeah, hold on. <laughs> so even he does even he doesn't know but according to google it's pronounced kumail nan jehani himself advising he himself advises fans to sound it out since his entire name is pronounced exactly like it's spelled <laughs> <laughs> okay so so uh uh isa ray right Re- yeah yeah, Issa, Rae. Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjahani. Nanjahani. I feel like I got to say it slow. Nanjahani. All right. Nanjahani. Nanjahani. You know what, Matt? We're going to win. Nanjahani. <laughs> so think, think of Tahani from The Good Place. Nanjahani. Yes, yes. Okay. yes that's a good Nanjahani. way. Nanjahani. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So Kumail Nanjahani. 
Yeah, yeah I, all right. I, you know, this is a milestone. Who said you know, episode 30 wasn't going to give us good things? That- yeah, well, well, I have to say before, Matt, when it comes to pronunciations, I remember that from Beyond the Credits. Like, we would always struggle. And, and, and before, you said you said the um the king's man. I'm like, do you mean the kingsman? <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't want to say anything before. But you know, like, you just like a king's man. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's like you don't want to like you don't you don't mean any disrespect to the artist. No, 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 but no, it's no. like like man, it's hard sometimes. You just have to take we have to just take the time to try to figure it out. It's true, yeah. and that's yeah, the thought. Uh, also, movie directed by Michael Snowwalter, who I don't I don't think I've seen anything else that he's done. Yes, you have. I'm sure you have. Uh, he did I, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, actually. And he, 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 yeah, he directed The Big Sick too. With I Kim did Hill. not. I did not see The Big Sick. Ah, see, you, okay, we'll talk about it when we when I hear your <laughs> your views on this movie. <laughs> right, so, uh, what are your thoughts? Sure. Well, um. Well, for, well, I love The Big Six. That is one of my favorite movies, honestly. And um, and like it's the same style that like like Deliveries has done the same style as The Big Six, I think. Um, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I really did. Um, and, hold on, let me get, I have like so many notes on this. One second. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the first ten minutes alone of this movie are amazing. Like the scene where they're bickering and they're going back and forth. Like the whole movie itself is a mix of the breakup. Um, meets like game night. That's kind of yeah, how I would, I can see that, how I would yeah. kind of pitch the movie um, with a little bit of clean and slim in there. Just like the idea of how drastic it really is. Um, the chemistry between Kumail and Issa is absolutely incredible. I was hooked like the second the movie started. Um, it's, it's so charming. And I feel like it's like, well, should I stream it or should I skip it? I would watch it, especially if you're still in quarantine because the whole movie like, they, like they, well, this is a spoiler, obviously. Like they, they break up in the movie because they're fighting so much. And I think that has to do a lot with what we're going through now because all we do, like, in if you're in a relationship and, like, you're and you're stuck with them for a very long period of time, you tend to nitpick what everyone, what everyone does and you start to resent them and you get really bitter. And this shows that when you have such a tight bond um, for years or when – something really insane happens to you both at the same time, like it shows your appreciation for that person. So I loved it. The jokes were great. I feel like um, there's a, there's a great line where it says like, don't pee on my back and tell me it's raining. And I feel like this kind of humor, because with the critics, it fell flat, but, but it, I feel like that's what, like you should expect this kind of humor from this kind of movie. Um, because, I call it texting comedy. They're mm. inside jokes. Like the whole movie is kind of their inside jokes and their specific type of bigger. And that's how you are with your friends when you're texting, like you're going off about somebody or, or what's going on. Like if you say these like little witty things, that's what the dialogue is in this movie. So you really just kind of, you're a fly on the wall in their relationship. And it's cute. I think I liked it a lot. I think people should watch it. Okay. And yeah. Um, I I did what were really what part, overall I thought I thought the movie was good. I do think it will it's it was a better move having it on Netflix. I like, agree. I think if, like I think if I would have went to the theaters, I'd have been like, that was good, but I I could have streamed it. 
Like it was, I, I definitely was the right call for the movie. As you mentioned, I thought the breakup scene was really funny. That like they broke up and then like the guy literally comes, in, they they break up and then they crash the car and then that sets the whole chain of events for the for the yeah. whole film. Like I thought the open was great, um, but it did feel like. Like it just like it was almost like little scene setups to like little like joke scenes. It's almost like little mm-hmm. SNL skits. Like it's like a setup to the next to the next skit location almost. Like there was a lot of little jokes, a lot of little one-liners. Um, I literally I paused the movie five minutes in, and I told my wife and I wrote it down. I said I figured out in the open they're gonna go through some hard shit together and it's gonna strengthen their bond. Stupid. <laughs> 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 As soon as they hit the guy with the car, I paused the movie, and that's what I told my wife. And I said, all right, let's watch the rest of this movie. Oh. Well, did you not watch the trailer beforehand? You didn't know what no. it was about? Okay, I, all right. I tend to, and that seems to be my thing. Like, I, I like to go in with a blind perspective. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to know how long it is. I don't want to see the trailer. Like, I just want to go in blind. I just want to see what their, what their vision was from the very beginning and what I can get from it. Because a lot of times, like, I tend to, like – analyze shit so when i watch a trailer i more or less i already figure out i start figuring shit out from when i watch the trailer so i tend to shy away from trailers but i'll still watch it um i did like the amazing grace scene after credit scene i thought that was a pretty i thought that was pretty funny Um, that was great (laughs) overall it was a great movie a lot of great one-liners but i don't think it's not something i would have been like oh i want to go to the theaters and watch it again and again and again like Mm -hmm. It was a cute. It was a cute rom com. Yeah. I thought it was a cute rom com with a lot of good one liners. Uh, so Ernesto, you uh, kind of nailed it on the head here. I kind of teased it earlier, but mm-hmm. I totally agree that I think if I were in the theater, I think I would have been more disappointed than I would have been if I saw it at home. I agree. And, and I and I feel like that's you know as with all of us at the time we you know this movie would have came out in April. And we all would have had AMC A-List, and I'm sure we would have all went there to see the movie because we wanted to cover it on the A-List. So at, 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 at some point, we're like, all right, well, this was a cute comedy that I was able to use one of my tickets for, which is fine. But also, there's a part of me that, like, that I, that I not say that I wasted an afternoon, but it was, it was like, uh, you know, you kind of just saw a, a, a you know, a, a rom-com that was just okay. And I felt like, I had a better time watching it at home. And also, like, remember when we, we were talking about the movie theater experience and we talked about how when you see a movie in theater, it's, you know, with that experience, it comes with a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of sinks with you a little bit because, you know, you have a car ride home, right? So you can think about the movie, especially if you saw it with somebody, you can kind of chit chat about it. But in this particular case, because I saw it at home, it, it kind of, immediately went to like okay cool we saw that so do you want to continue dead to me that was uh you know that's the next thing on the docket and so that's 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 kind of what it felt like and so i was trying to think about it like if i were to see this in the theaters because i knew i was going to like how would my perception change of it and i think at the end of the day i feel like i enjoyed the movie more because i saw it at home yeah it's funny because like coming into this i was like like because I had just started up like going through upload like damn I feel like I have more to say about the first season of upload than I do for the entirety of the movie of the lovebirds right yep. like you know <laughs> what I mean like like not to say that the movie was bad but I think like you know what I mean like it just like it's there like it's it's a cute movie like you know exactly what you're getting yourself into when you watch it you're yeah, not, and- it's not really something that you need to 
think on and fester on. It was kind of like a just a feel good movie that you can watch with like a loved one. Yeah, and I, and I do agree with uh, with you both. You said that uh, Kumel and and Issa they were great pairing together. Yeah, I thought oh, yeah. they were hilarious, especially in the beginning part. The thing that had that have actually had me rolling was they were in the diner and they were like, "Why do we get leftovers of the milkshake?" Milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and in the car, she caught like the milkshake monologue. I'm going yeah. to use that all the time. I don't need another milkshake yes. monologue. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, what? he's right. He's like, what? So they, what? They just can't make a, they can't they can't make the right amount of milkshake. I don't understand that. They're like, they don't do that pasta. <laughs> they can't they measure it out. Like <laughs> You're like, here's, can't, here's the spaghetti. Here's another side of spaghetti. We didn't measure. Here we are. <laughs> that was a good, they, that's what I'm saying. Like, not to discredit the film. Like, it just wasn't deep. But damn, there were a lot. I think there were a decent amount of good jokes. What yeah. I do wish, I wish that the horse scene. I wish. Uh, actually, you know, I take that back. I did. I saw one trailer. I saw. I did see one trailer because I remember seeing the horse scene, and I almost wish the horse scene was left out of the trailers because that's to more. me, yeah. like, because I felt like that was like one of the funniest parts of the movie. We get kicked <laughs> in the chest by the horse. He's like, take the bacon. I don't want bacon go grease on my face. <laughs> like, <he's> like, <laughs> Like, is it going to shit on me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, take, take the bacon grease. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that, it, really, it really is so clever if you think about the jokes and, what, and the creativity it takes to, to write those jokes like in a cohesive way where everything in the movie still makes sense when it comes to like a thriller or suspense kind of movie. Like with yeah, so I honestly maybe it's gonna be like like one of those '90s movies where you quote it a hell of a lot down the road, but you don't necessarily need to rewatch it. You know? uh, that, that that's a very good point, and and I think Ernesto, you kind of kind of nailed on the head. This I felt like this would have been great as either one a miniseries instead of a movie, Ooh. or Ooh. or uh, or a uh, or uh, a series of shorts with these two characters and that's it and and like like you get bloops into their lives a five minute conversation them sitting at the diner them just arguing in their in their apartment them going here going there that the stories might be loosely connected but you're just getting five minute shorts and i feel like that's where this movie shines now trying to formulate a story i felt like that was a disaster in my opinion Okay. I, 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 didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it that much. I didn't hate <laughs> it. it it's, yeah. like, it's like I didn't get anything out of it. L- literally, as soon as they hit the car, right, and they decide to run, and we go through this whole thing, right? They go they, – the cops finally get them. They go into the interrogation room, and they're like, oh, we don't think you're the suspects at right. all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, we think you're just bystanders. We had cameras all over the place, so – you didn't need to run. The first hour of the movie didn't need to happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, but, well, Matt, I think you're abs- you nailed it there too, because so many comedies are written that way. It's like all these absurd things happen and they didn't have to. So it's like, so what's the point? Yeah, and, of and this? That's- um, but I, I, honestly, I think that's just, and maybe it's not necess- it's not a good thing, but so many comedies are written that way now. So I right, think that goes to yeah. show that they shouldn't be. But then you have like a movie like Game Night, and but that was it was funny. I love Game Night. And it was a, a cohesive story with a couple of twists in there. So like, yeah, but that those are. I mean, you're you're comparing Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams to Kumail Nisa, not to discredit them, but I mean, you're the caliber of acting is completely different between those I, those four actors. Oh, <laughs> well, 
their level is is the same. It's just it's simply the story is different. Like I think I think Kumail and Isa could have done Game Night if anything. No, I'm not saying it could have been yeah. Game Night, but you wouldn't have enjoyed it as the same because it's mm-hmm. not the. I feel like that movie like it was well like it needed the Jason Bateman. Yeah, that's okay. Fair. That's, that's true. Fair. That's true. Yeah. Well, well, same thing with this one too because the whole thing was that they were like a a POC couple. Right. And they made all those white jokes. They did. Which they were did. hilarious. Like with the Third Eye Blind song. It was like beating up the frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this yeah. movie with Megan and she said she appreciated watching a movie with an, uh, with an interracial uh, dynamic with, with the couple because yeah. they, they weren't like, they, yeah, because it's just like it's, you don't typically see that. In, in, in cinema, not often anyway. And so I and I kind of agree with her. It kind of presented a different dynamic and they definitely had a lot of jokes to go off of that as well. Uh, to, well, I mean, to... you know, for me, it's always nice to see because me and my wife were in a racial couple. And, you right, know, exactly. what would have been nice is to see there's some elements that go along with that, because there are times we go out and people look at her or people look at me and we, we get the looks or different. There's there's a, there's a whole element of things that happen in that relationship in itself. Right. Very true. And I think they did a really good job of like kind of playing off each other. It like it looked like they didn't hate being with each other. I mean, they, they yes, they did. But it was like like you're saying, when you've been with someone for so long, you're kind of more or less getting tied with them. And it and ultimately it takes apparently a crazy situation of a, of a very long series of events and a very long night to, to show that, you know, you still love this person. And, I mean, life is like that. I mean, shit yes, happens. You know, if true. you're with if you're with somebody, a lot of times when bad things happen, you tend to see people's true characters. You know, you really see who that pe- you, see, you It doesn't matter about the, who they are in the good times. It's who they are during the bad times is what really right. matters. Because yeah. they're gonna stick around, or they're gonna get. Because you know, some people get flaky and shit. You know. Very true. Um, there was a couple, like, another funny bits that I, you know, I, I thought it was pretty funny as well when they were trying to break the glass. In, in the yeah. the roof in the window, and so like she was trying to use like her heel, but it wasn't working. So he's like literally just punching the glass. And, <laughs> and the, the part that I was like, I was kind of like yelling at the TV a little bit because of it. And I was like, you guys just broke glass, right? And you've already made it known that she is not wearing any shoes right shoes. now. Yeah. And she jumps down like a champ, and I was like, <laughs> you. There's a whole gag right there you could have used about <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't even dress it's like oh no no she's good she's good yeah. she's, no, no class there um, Eat a- and, <laughs> yeah exactly um and also, I yeah, but, but do you see how much we're laughing right now like every scene that we reference like we immediately start laughing so i think yes, sure. so i think maybe it's it down the road it's gonna seem like it's better than we thought it was initially i really think that's what that's that, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch it and yeah. <laughs> see it. But here's the thing. Do you feel like, yeah. is that something, well, I guess that's just really a testament to who you are, like the kind of watcher you are. Like I tend, and I think, Matt, you kind of agree, like I tend not to rewatch things as much. It's a very, like if I rewatch something, it's a very rare occasion because I just feel like there's just so much shit out there to watch. Yeah. That, like, how do you even have time to rewatch? But some people like that feel good popcorn feel, you know, like going back that familiar feel. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the thing, well, with this, I feel like the jokes could get old after a while. Um, Cause for example, like my, my family's a huge rewatcher. So when it comes to grownups or, um, 
uh, were the Millers. Like, they love rewatching those two movies, but I know the jokes in and out. But so, and I, I think it's just more of a reception to a good joke or a good or a funny scene right. in general. Like, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't feel the need to rewatch the Lovebirds again in the next like six months or so. But I think I'll remember the jokes a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the jokes were were I think again that's I can't that's where the movie shine and I felt like that if these were like five minute shorts then I think yeah. that would be pretty you know definitely more memorable if it was like a, a beginning and middle and end within that five minutes but I, am I comparing it as a whole I just don't see a lot of value there unfortunately and that's in my opinion I just blame. Mm-hmm that on just the writing it's nothing nothing against how the movie was shot nothing against how the movie was directed i thought the actors were great it just it was for me it was just a writing that didn't really flow well together because it was just like ernesto you were saying one act random scene with one another they kind of just kind of tied in together especially with like the sex cult thing i don't even know why they were there to that be honest was weird yeah yeah <laughs> like, was, I don't, no they didn't need that Right. That's exactly what I mean. It's like that was a whole thing. And they, you know, they kind of made a little bit of jokes about it. Everybody left. And then, you know, the the cops came in and then they were in the interrogation scene. Like, well, I mean, we could have done anything. Insert random act here. Yes. And that would have just served the same purpose if they were going to get caught at the end of it. And we didn't really know anything about what was happening, because at the end of the day that, you know, the cop, you know, revealed himself. I don't even know why the cop was out there to begin with. Like, was was he, uh, you know, was like the dirty cop? What what was he doing? I don't remember now. I don't what even do you know. Mean? Like, like in the beginning of the movie? No, why was he a dirty cop? Yeah, why did he run over that guy? Why was he? Well, because well, he thing? he explained it when they were when he took them back from the police station on the way to yeah. go kill them. He he like explained his his re, he, that was like his time to explain his reasoning. He of was course, like, yeah. you know, he's like, well, you know, the city doesn't pay me enough and. You know, I've given my life to the city, yada, yada, yada. But so I think that's where it was kind of like corruption and greed. So what was he getting money off of all this? Yeah, the rich people were paying him to keep people silent so they can keep doing their freaky sex thing. Yeah. If that was so important to the story, they should have established it at the beginning. And I, I'm definitely with I feel like it, maybe it just it wasn't a strong enough element in the film. They focused, yeah. which is not to not as bad but they just focus more on kumail and isa's story like but they focus maybe they focus too much on their story and not enough on the outside element i i I think that that's a very good way to put it because they took me out of the movie a little bit Mm -hmm. but i still appreciated them as as characters and then at the end of the you know they had you know uh, what the he sh- and they finally got the countdown correct at the very end of the movie one two three and they finally got that locked down when they were teasing throughout the whole movie that they couldn't get the one two three down and it helped them out at the end of the day which i don't even know if the bad guy was dead or alive in this situation um it's kind of hard to tell they didn't really put a picture on that again kind of like pushing that they, put, they, they found him like he was still in the water and then they put him in custody oh, okay so he was alive he was alive. Yeah, he just okay, knocked right. him out when he came when he shot back up and he, like he knocked it over with. Oh, that's right, boat. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like they ended it with a sex joke, and that's uh, that's kind of how they, <laughs> yeah, they did it. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna do some freaky shit behind the, the in this ambulance. So, so yeah. we're yeah. And that's and then they had the amazing race bit, which I thought it was pretty funny. Um, that they kind of yeah, tied the that back in there for the beginning of the movie and, and the horse. Yeah, he's like, oh no. <laughs> it's always a horse. There's always if there's a horse joke, it's it tends to work, which is. <laughs> Which is interesting. Um, although another thing I wanted to mention, um, and we kind of talked about this before, but and this isn't 
probably a few years. But I noticed that Kumail and Issa were both executive producers on the movie as well. And I always oh. think from an actor's perspective, like, for example, we were talking about how the sex cult thing isn't really, it doesn't really do anything for the plot, right. per yeah. se. I, I feel like, it, when, at least with shows that I've done, if I'm an actor and I know that a scene isn't really working or it's just not necessarily good writing, I... I, I can't really say anything because I'm just the actor. You know, there to do what I want. I'm not. I don't have a production point of view. But I, but I wonder if if they if any actor who was also an EP has those thoughts during shooting, but they can't really change it because it's too late. I just wonder how that works. Hmm. So like sure, behind the scenes. Very similar to like a workplace environment. Like you don't have mm-hmm. a choice. Like you don't have a choice how they execute it. They just they tell you what to do and you do you do what they tell you to do because you you know you don't have you don't have say. Well, but, but they do have say. Like if That's they're the saying, EPs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. Like, I, I wonder if any actor who's also an EP wants to change something, but they're just already shooting it and they don't realize that it already like it isn't working. Right. Does that make sense? Like, I wonder yeah, how yeah, many no, yeah, bad yeah. scenes are in movies because someone didn't have the power to say something. Oh, oh they try okay. to improve upon it, right? Yeah. 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 Like, they know, I mean, yeah. I guess in some cases, you know, that could be how the ropes are done. Eventually, you would just make your own, you know, like maybe like Kumel, you know, I, he's been doing comedies for a while. And then now he's like, you know what? I want to be an executive producer. I want to start making decisions. And then eventually, you know, you kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how John Krasinski's got to kind of get the ladder, but then you eventually, or even not, I'm not talking about John Krasinski, talk about Jordan Peele, you know, mm-hmm. he was, you know, doing all this stuff for a long time. And then he's like, all right, now I'm in the director's chair. I guess the same with John Krasinski. Now here's the movie that I want to make. And yeah. then like, you get to see their true vision. So maybe just kind of just working that up, working your way up the ladder on, on like, you know, you know, going in there, like seeing how everything was made, seeing like, you know, and kind of like, you know what, I don't want to make those decisions and I want to do these instead. So when you have the opportunity to do so, then you see them really shine and then either it's a bust or it's fantastic. And then they keep giving you more movies. But, you know, those are those are two really great examples, Jordan Peele and John Krasinski. Both. I mean, you think of Jordan Peele, Key and Peele, and then you think of like his the us and you know you think of his projects and get, and out. get out you yeah. like totally different than what he does than what he normally does and that's right. i mean that's an example you know you look at john krasinski he was on the office and now he's fucking scaring the shit out of people on the fireplace <laughs> right <laughs> so true so i mean uh so yeah i mean who knows what actually goes down behind the scenes and who's making those decisions but hopefully the people that do you know want to speak out eventually they'll have their chance to do so and and then get to the point where they can make the content that they feel like it's right to be putting out. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so all in all, so where, where are we at? So I, I feel like for me, it's like I I don't not recommend anyone to to to, to give a watch, basically. Like I, I well, what I'm saying is I don't I don't like to recommend people to not watch something. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like for me, it's like you kind of just going in there to expect like Ernesto kind of what you said, just a simple rom-com and don't really get too much into it. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, for me, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes you, that's what you're in the mood for. I think, I don't, I don't think it was bad. Now let's say if I had to compare it to another movie we watched like coffee and Kareem, I don't think I would, I don't think I would recommend that movie to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the first time where we truly like, this is not a good. This night was not good. And I was so disappointed because I really, I really liked Ed Helms, but that's a 
you can listen to that episode if you if you so choose <laughs> on it. Um, but I I thought this one was I thought this one was pretty good. Um, but like I said, I think it, it was better. It was the better move to have it being a streaming option as opposed to being in, um, in the theaters. I think it'll do well. I think it'll do better on Netflix than it would have done in the theaters. Right. I, I, I totally agree more. I think like maybe people could be I don't want to use the word forgiving, but I, 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 that, but that's how I felt. I felt like I was more forgiving with the movie because I was watching it at home and not giving it like the theater mentality of it all. Yeah. Gia? Yep. Yeah, I'm with you guys 100%. Yeah, it, it definitely is a better Netflix movie. And I, I guess total, I give it two and a half, three stars. Okay. We don't really do stars, yeah. but that works. Well, <laughs> just for me. That's just how I gauge, like, okay. <laughs> these yeah, these are like, five stars or ten stars? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Two out of well, out of four or five. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm about to say because I'm like, if it's out of ten, like, whoa, whoa. you were definitely bearing the lead there because you it made it seem like you were enjoying it, not like oh, that would suck. um and so before we uh we wrap up here today i want to mention briefly now tomorrow uh as the time we're recording this a brand new service is coming out uh hbo max is you know the rebranding of hbo and uh kind of like are 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 you guys are you guys both have hbo yes yeah i have hbo yeah which which after tomorrow will be max Right, and so like, do you get do you get the the, the quote unquote free upgrade to Max, uh, Gia? Well, actually, well now you got me rethinking. I no, I hold on, I wrote down. Do you have Go? What or? what qualify? I know I'm not going to get the free upgrade because I have it through Your my like the Roku channel and through Prime. So no. Oh, but do you oh. have now or do you have Go? I. I I had both at one point. I don't know what I have right now. I have to check. Okay. Because okay. if I if I'm wrong, I th- I think I'm I think HBO Now is what's converting into HBO Max, but HBO right. Go will still be its own separate thing. Matt, yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. So if you have HBO Now, you are essentially paying HBO for their service. So that is what Now is. HBO Go is you are paying for the service through other means, or you're getting it for free by other means. So if you have HBO now, then you will automatically be upgraded to HBO Max. If you have HBO Go, then only in certain cases you'll be upgraded to HBO Max. That being that if you have, if you are within a, you know, if you have HBO through AT&T, since AT&T owns HBO and all the services there, then you get the free upgrade. But if you have it like through Spectrum and then, uh, Gia, you said you had through Amazon, it might be a while or if not at all that you're going to get the, the free upgrade. Right. Yeah. Because I know that they struck deals with only select places. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, they and, and Gia, we'd love to hear your opinion because now you said you're not going to be instantly upgrading. So I'm not sure if this would be worth it to you with what I'm about to say, but they're offering six new shows out of the gate with more on the way. And so I'm not sure if this is any plunge for you to go into. Uh, Three of those shows are more tailored to kids. So you have, you know, the late, the not too late, not the not too late show with Elmo, which I, so that's kind of a cute spin on it. There's another, there's a competition, a competition series called Craftotopia. And there's another, and they're bringing back the Looney Tunes cartoons as well they're bringing uh they're like they're kind of reanimating all the classics and also bringing you new one in this new animation style so i'm assuming that doesn't push you forward into getting the streaming service well looney tunes actually does 
I, I, I seriously, at this point, I will get it for Looney Tunes. Um, because, well, that's how every new service gets to you, like with Apple TV and like other, what's the other one? The other big one. Um, but yeah, if it has new content on it, I want to get it. Okay. So, all right. Uh, I yeah, think that's kind I'm not of where sure. I'm at. I'm not sure what exactly their flagship is as far as new content, but there is one that's coming out uh, with starring Anna Kendrick and a yes, new. Yes, right. A love the relationship life. one. Yeah. Right, the love life yes. one. Yeah, and I love Anna Kendrick, so I want to watch it for that. But it is $15. This is the right. most expensive one. Mm-hmm. Which is frustrating. It's HBO, so you are getting that quality. So within this anthology series, uh, Love Life, it tells a journey of the first love to last love and how people that come in our lives along the way make us into the people who we finally become to be. Uh, Paul uh, Feige, uh, Paul Paul Feige, Feige, yes, I don't know why they threw a blanket, Paul Feige, who did Bridesmaid, he is the executive producer on this show. So, like, that for me sounds interesting. I'm not sure if they're – I'm not sure exactly how HBO Max is producing these content, if it's going to be a weekly model, or like kind of like kind of HBO is, or if they're just going to put all the episodes out kind of like Netflix, but OBC. But, like, like a show like that is, it intrigues you, but it, you said – is that, like, worth kind of, you know, the upgrade for you? Well, I'll tell you what. Well, every streaming service has that one-month free trial, right? So – at this point, like I, I'm gonna try it for a month, watch all the content I possibly can, and then if I want to keep it, I will, and if not, then I won't. I, I, I kind of have to wait for that first month to kind of see right. if I really go and watch it. But when, when, so but I think for me, here's the question: When do you start mm-hmm. that first month? Like, do, are you right out of the gate right. to get that re- new content, or do you like, you know what? Mm-hmm. There's a show a little bit down the line that I wouldn't mind watching for free, and within that free month, I'm gonna watch all the other shit that I can get uh, from the service. <laughs> right, so, like, exactly. When, when when is a good time to start your free trial? Because I feel like if you start mm-hmm. it the first week it comes out, I feel like you're missing the stuff that's coming down the line. Well, yeah. So I I would usually if, when that happens, I prioritize like, okay, I know this is coming out June or May 28th, like I'm going to, so for that, maybe like a week or two, I'm just going to focus on those two things because I know that's right. going to be hot in the news. So I want to be able to keep up with it. I see. Um, okay. Yeah. Unless though, like we'll see how many people actually sign up for it tomorrow or how many people actually start watching. Cause if people don't, then there isn't really too much of a demand. Right. It's very so, true. I, yeah. It's kind of so we'll like, say, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. Uh, like kind of like you guys know of Quibi? Yes. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Th- apparently that was a big flop. Right. It was. I ha- I, I got it and I, I canceled it two weeks ago. <laughs> but it had three months free. Three. Right. And yeah, I didn't really do it for me. Well, I, it was a great curious. idea. Great idea. But major flop. But but like HBO. Well, here here's another question for both of you guys. Like. Because especially with Ernesto, what you're saying about upload, I feel like Prime is the new HBO. Very big statement to say, I feel like. Like as yeah. far as quality um, I, of I, shows. I can I can see what you're saying with that, but I feel like mm-hmm. Amazon is like early days HBO. Like they right. like they're still they're still like in the early stages, the- but I but they're I I do see them trending towards that. I could see that. Yeah, it just depends. But HBO has so many because HBO even had their comedy specials. Amazon's trying to do that. It's not really working. Yeah, and right. and like it's it's, be a while it was before they get there. <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. So I feel like it's not that each like 
I feel like HBO Max is trying so hard to make sure they don't take a backseat to Prime. And right. this is going to be that that tell-all if that's actually going to happen. Even Disney Plus. They, they're trying to knock out Disney Plus. Who, mm-hmm. They're trying to be on top. They're trying to be on top again. Really. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're getting some competition with, with Netflix and Hulu. I mean, all, all these – And streams, Peacock, too. We can't forget about Peacock, Peacock coming out. But, Peacock coming these, up, yeah. All these streaming services have so much to offer. But I do right. feel like HBO, you're getting – and this is just my personal opinion. Like that, I do feel like you're getting the most bang for your buck. Plus, I, I agree. Not, not include, that's not even including all the shit that's just in their library that's just sitting there. Like, you know, Game of Thrones, Entourage, Watchmen, Westworld. Like, I can name off, like, at least five shows off my head that's – like literally a month's more or plus worth of content just in itself to keep you busy. Like, I right. think they're going to be good. Like they're going to get people with the free trial and they're going to find a way to keep you coming back. I mean, look, they've got big bang theory. Like I'm excited to, to catch up on Dr. Who. Cause I, I used to yeah. watch, I used to watch it all the time when it was on Netflix, but then they pulled their Netflix contract. So I didn't I, realize so Dr. I, Who was on the list. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Doctor yeah. Who, what was the other one? Uh, Friends is coming there, but Friends is also coming to Peacock, I believe, right? No, no, no. Friends. So funny, funny. Which enough, is insane how it's not going to Peacock. It's not going to Peacock. Well, be, and and here's the reason why. And I only know this because I took the Warner Brothers Studios tour in California, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers owns Friends and The Big Bang Theory. The, it, mm-hmm. it was it was filmed up there a lot. It, they they produced the content. It was just aired on those. Those um networks. those networks the show on that network yeah exactly yeah so like they right. own the content so when so when like Friends was leaving Netflix which a lot of people were upset about we're like don't worry you know well, technically in this case it's coming home because now they are mm-hmm. securing like we're not we're not going to put this out again we're putting out with our own streaming service and you can now watch Friends and the and like like the Big Bang Theory and like I believe if I'm not mistaken the Big Bang Theory was not ever on a streaming service whatsoever so no. this is it wasn't on cbs all access was it no be, because it wasn't because it was aired on cbs but it wasn't owned by cbs mm-hmm. and so since warner brothers is in a partnership i think at&t owns warner brothers which in turn owns um hbo then then yeah so you're kind of going into that you know they it, for the first time you can stream all episodes of the big bang theory so like that could be a big a big draw for a lot of people and just like oh, friends yeah. who uh, who be people like were you know kind of like The Office, The Big Bang Theory could be another show where people just kind of go back and like you got twelve seasons and just to rewatch that, um, it could yeah, easily be like an instant yeah. classic. Right, it's a good mix of of like I never watched this, I have to I have to watch this too. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah Fresh like Prince. catching up, rewatch new stuff. Yeah, so it, it's it's that, hard. That's like true. every every streaming service needs all three. If not, then it's not worth See, it. See, but that but that you, they get they've got some really great rewatch material. Right. Friends, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Doctor mm-hmm. Who, Big Bang, and I just saw this other one that got added. Uh, Matt South Park for fifty five hundred million dollars. You know what? That's South crazy. Park's going on there. Yeah. So here here's the crazy part about it. So I believe Warner Brothers or HBO had to actually pay to get the rights back to friends or if not, maybe a contract was up. But either way, I read somewhere that $400 million was, uh, was secure to get friends on their streaming service. Right. Well, no, we're talking about South Park. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. so 400 for that. And then South Park was leaving. Oh, Hulu, okay. And they, so there was a, a huge bidding war 
between all of the streaming services, Apple, and with the with the exception of Disney Plus, because Disney Plus wasn't gonna right. wasn't gonna do it. Keep your shit over there. We got enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got, we're good. We got the Simpsons. All right, we, we got, got our vault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so so Hulu was trying to keep the rights. Netflix, Apple TV, HBO were all trying in a bidding war to get South Park. HBO ended up winning by purchasing all 23 seasons for half of a billion dollars. $500 million went into securing South Park. And like I just said, $400 million went to securing Friends. So now you are almost at a billion dollars for two shows. Because for they, those, they don't listen, yeah. that. Oh, my God. My jaw dropped for the record. Oh, my God. That's insane. Two shows, almost a billion dollars. Billion and then, dollars. And now, so now when you see now this the the information got you know released last week that the Snyder cut is going to HBO mm-hmm. Max in 2021, and I heard that they're probably putting in an additional 20 to 30 million dollars to finish this movie. So when you see that, it's like, oh, that's chump change to finish that movie to make it on the streaming service. The drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket compared to spending <laughs> half of a billion dollars to secure South Park, which South Park. is insane that they went to that length to get it. So, so yeah, so that's also going to be on the service. That's not coming till June, so it's not going to be at launch. But for any South Park fans out there, you know, you're going to have a home to watch it. And then also you have a large numbers of popular movie franchises oh, that yeah. are coming yeah. out as well and so like they have that in there so you have the lord of the rings you have lethal weapon alien franchise american pie all of the batman movies and superman movies are all going to be all the dc content is going to be living in one place right now you know you have uh the old school batman and you also have uh you know the chris nolan batman you have the old superman and then you know all the snyder stuff you know batman v superman um uh uh, suicide squad wonder woman shazam they're all going to be eventually even then their joker is already going to be there on day one so, like, they have all of these options for you, and they're trying to secure themselves as a valuable streaming service. And like Ernesto, you were saying, they also have the entire library of HBO. Yeah. And it, it and it and it's it like even that alone, like it's already impressive. And now you're trying to have that plus all the new stuff you're trying to put on there that's also technically old. And then you're trying to produce original content for the service. So there's a lot of money going into the streaming service that's trying to pin it against like all the big boys and they don't want to basically fall behind because like you said, Ernesto, I feel like that they've been falling behind with even HBO, but yet you just watch Westworld and you loved it. Yeah. And then look, look what we reviewed last week. That's a, an HBO film, bad education, which Gia, if right. you haven't seen with Hugh Jackman, it's yes. probably his best, best performance today. It was incredible. Agreed. I thought it was really great. Yeah. No, well, HBO, like, it's the, it's the place of sophistication too. So they, they're keeping that up. But do you, is, um, is Curbing Enthusiasm gonna go to HBO, or is that gonna stay yes, on? It's Hulu? it's on. No, it's on HBO. It's yeah. It's, it's, on HBO? It's, it's HBO. Oh yeah, I do watch it through HBO. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's HBO okay, property. gotcha. Yeah. It's so confusing. But um, but, do you know if the Larry Sanders show is gonna be on there? I. That I was one of the first HBO I, shows. Yeah, I do believe that that show is still on. I don't see. I haven't heard anything about any of their content leaving. Because correct. I mean, they, okay. Yeah. They have all their shows on there, even the ones that failed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. There's the whole. Well, I'm, yes, I, I feel like there's so much to the library that maybe I don't know. Like from the see, 90s. but see, but here's the thing. Maybe they're gonna get you on the free trial, and you're gonna see that there's so much on there that want mm-hmm. that 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 you want to watch. Like, oh, I want to watch. Oh this. yeah. Watch that. Like, you're gonna get past the month. You're gonna be like, all right. Well, I guess I'm gonna keep it for another month. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I probably will. <laughs> Matt, on the contrary, like with CBS All Access, me and my wife, we were going over it. We noticed that our free trial is coming up and we were like, nah, we don't need to. Like, I don't like I'm going to cancel it after the free trial. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so like you, you're not even you don't bother to care about any of the other content that's on there. No, maybe maybe if they have something else that'll draw me back. But yeah. I haven't finished Twilight Zone. Not to say I don't like Twilight Zone. It's just that there's so much other good shit that's out yeah, there. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to spend my money on another streaming service when I'm already getting so much more from so many other, not including what I'm about to get from HBO Max. Right, right. exactly. But for me, here is the question. Like, and, and, and Gia, this is going to you since you're not getting the free upgrade. And also for our upgrade, that could be temporary. They could be like, you know mm. what, you're going to have to start forking it up eventually or maybe here's a discount if you're already kind of merged into it but either way what i'm saying is that based on the stuff that we already said i feel like the majority of this is already on hbo only i've i'd say out of all the stuff that's on hbo compared to hbo max you are getting 30 percent more hbo by having max and is that worth the 15 dollars if you're already getting it for free through something else and i think that's the main question that i have with hbo Mm. yeah right like to answer your question what with everything that we've talked about and all the content that's going to go on there yes you you would you would i I think that 30 percent is worth it yeah so in, in your opinion that you would if you're already having hbo for free and if there's something on max or a large amount of max that you are you want to to go you would spend you would technically have both. You'd be having the the whole HBO and the thirty percent, but you're getting you're still paying for all of the HBO. Technically, you're just paying for the thirty percent you don't have instead of all of it because you're getting most of it for free. Right, and uh, honestly, yes, I would pay the fifteen dollars for that extra thirty percent because I like that thirty percent that's going on there. They don't already have. Right. So I mean, that's a there's I a I everyone. mean there's a that's that thirty percent. I mean that's a it's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of 30%. Like there's yeah. a lot, like if you were to real, I mean like the Anna Kendrick show that we didn't really talk about it a little bit, but the, um, the, on the record documentary, um, that talks mm-hmm. about the uh, Drew Dixon, we, um, the competition series, we talked about all the young stuff, you know, the young stuff, maybe Gia, you might want, might maybe not want to watch it, but like, I saw that. I'm like, man, my kids would like that show. Like right. my kids would like that show too. Like the Looney Tunes cartoons. I want to watch Like I want to show them that. Like, cause I grew, yeah. you know, I grew up on that, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I would love to show my kids to let them watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Cause I remember watching it when, not to date myself, but I remember watching it when it was aired. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Amer- I- American Pie, Lethal Weapon, Lord of the, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. All the Batman movies, all the super like there's there's too much like that 30 percent. Like it's I think not like it's sound when you said it like to me, it sounds smaller than what it actually is. Right. Like so, 23 seasons of South Park. Yeah. yeah <laughs> a billion dollars. I feel I'll, like we owe it to them just for that heart attack that whoever signed <laughs> that check. Yeah. <laughs> like should, I could pay fifty dollars for your heart attack. Like, you know I mean? and, and I'm not I'm not sure, but then Doctor Who, are they is it this current yeah. run? Is it just I, the current run know. that started in two thousand five? Or is it all the oh, entire yeah. collection of Doctor Who dating back to its origin? Like year, that, I mean forever ago. That is a Google search. I have I do not know if it's where the line starts with Doctor Who, but I, I did read that a large amount of Doctor Who is going to be on 
uh, on HBO Max. Well, this current yeah. run has been going for, I mean, for a while. I believe right. the current run has been going since at least 2005. Right. Okay. Wow. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 years well, for $15. There you go. Yeah. There, there, right. there you go. And so honestly, for me, like in my opinion, even though I'm, I've been listening to all this stuff and because I'm more of a new content person compared to a, I want to watch the old stuff. If I wasn't already getting this for free, I would need to wait till there's really something on there for me to go and get that free trial or maybe to really, you know what? There's enough on here. I feel like it's worth $15 or like there's way too much shows on there. I think honestly, Apple TV Plus's model is really good. If you bought an Apple product, which most of people already do, you get one year for free. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like I'm not missing much because I get that security of a full year of all of their content. And I feel like already, like I already enjoyed the morning show. I've already have interest in amazing stories and defending Jacobs, two shows that I haven't started yet. That's on that service. And because I have it for free already, like within that year, I have the option to, to like kind of jump in whenever I want to that security. And then also like, there's like, well, I already, you know, I, I kind of already in intrigued with those type of shows. And so I'm kind of already in the bag and it's also only $5 a month. So maybe after my free trials over, I can see myself getting into just spending five more dollars on a streaming service and calling a day. But as of right now, for me, what I see on HBO max, like it's not like an instant, I got to go day one. Not like how Disney Disney Plus was for me. Like, no, that was that was an instant day one for me. But for this particular service, I feel like I would have to wait just a little bit more. And because I know, like, I've seen the laundry list of stuff they've already producing to come out for the until the end of the year. So, like, some of that stuff looks interesting. Um, so I feel like for me, I would have waited or I would wait until like stuff like that. But I'm getting it for free anyway. So you I have don't have that. I, I don't have now. I actually have it through uh, AT&T TV now, which owns HBO. So they're giving you if you already had it in the beginning for free, they're just giving you Max for free as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so I, 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 I totally see what you're saying. Like, and if you're more of like the newer watcher, then I get the wait. That makes sense. Yeah. But, but this also raises another question. I know we want to wrap up just super quick Um, with. Well, because when it comes to like catching up on shows. I, I, I read, it had to be, I think it was Hollywood Reporter, some, a very, it was, a, no, no, it was, it was a financial site, I'm sorry, okay. where the Sopranos reached, I think it was a hundred and something percent increase in watching because the Sopranos was free to watch because mm. HBO did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So with, so if it stops i wonder if people are still going to want to do it just to finish watching the show or to keep watching those old shows but but the reason why they're doing it is because it's free because they know what right. paper to go before exactly. um, but if, if but let's say there's like a crowd of people who's like stuck in the middle of the show and they want to finish it i wonder if that's going to get them to pay that two dollars well i mean in this case if hbo costs the same as hbo max then they've kind of they're kind of, you know, presenting themselves with a good situation here for people who do want to finish watching Sopranos. I mean, like, well, if I'm going to spend $15 anyway on HBO, I might as well upgrade to HBO Max because you're getting a lot more than just what HBO is. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I, I think they're still producing content for both services, though. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like, like I said, you get the extra 30% with Max, but there's going to be Max exclusive content, but they're still going to be providing HBO content as well. So. See, that's what's weird, though. It's like, and that kind of goes back to upload. It's like, if you're at a certain price bracket, you can get this kind of show. If you want to pay mm-hmm. a little more, then you get this better show, quote unquote. Right. Well, Which I, 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 think, 
I'm not really cool with that. I think I'm assuming as of right now, they're eventually they're going to do one of two things. One, they're going to split it into two. And so maybe HBO will be cheaper. So maybe some people who don't want to spend $15, but don't mind spending seven to eight, very um, seven to 10 comparable to Disney plus, then you, oh, wait a minute for, for a lesser price, almost half. I get all of HBO's content. I never had HBO before. I'm going to go watch all of this stuff. Right. But then you get 15 for max. So either that's going to happen, or I feel like eventually they're just going to just get rid of HBO. And like the only option you're going to have is HBO max, but remember they still have their network. So they still have to produce content for that. Right. I, I hope that they just end up going solely to HBO max. Cause I, I wouldn't want to have to, like, if it was what you were saying, like, it's like oh, like, I, at least I can get HBO. Like, I'll take what I can get. That would piss me off. I don't want that. Like, it, no, it would. Like, give me everything or give me nothing. Like, if I'm going to pay for HBO, if this, if this is meant to be, like, this, like, such, like, high of a caliber. Right. I, I just, I want it or I don't want it, you know? That, that's completely fair. Yeah. Uh, Ernesto, final thoughts on, on this, on HBO, HBO Max? Like, like w- would you pay for it if you weren't getting it for free? Hmm. I'd like to say yes. Okay. I'd like to say yes because I feel like at least for me, for me and the family, like there's enough. I feel like there's enough there for all of us. Like if I had to choose between like keeping CBS or taking on HBO, I would cancel, oh. which is what I'm saying. Like I'm going to cancel. Course, C- yeah. I'm going to cancel CBS just to, so I could keep out so that I could keep HBO. Like would there's you- enough. Go, I'm sorry, there's enough. No, what, no, what'd you say? I said, would you replace it with one you already have aside from CBS? If you, if that, if it came down to it where you're like, I'm really liking all of HBO's content, but I really can't afford to have all these streaming services, would you get rid of one in, in the top of your head to be like, you know what, I can probably survive without this one because HBO has better content? I don't know because I'm pretty <laughs> impartial. I'm pretty impartial to all of them for separate reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but but I will say, and not to knock it, but the one that would have to go, like if I had to make a choice, would be Amazon Prime. Really? Mm-hmm. But wow. I love but I love their con- but if I had to make that choice. Right, right, right. Yes. Because I feel like they I mean Netflix, I feel like as much as sometimes you go on there and be like, Oh, there's nothing to watch, that's because you've already watched everything that's on there. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a, there actually is a lot of shit to watch on Netflix. On Netflix, you just, yeah, there's a you lot just of more or less you've more or less have probably seen all of it. Like right. and there's still and even on then there's there's still a bunch of shit you can't watch. And then who Nope. Oh no. Wait, Ernesto. I lost him. <laughs> oh no, Ernesto. Hear me? Oh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, go, back. We can hear you. Yeah. Now. We're good now. You guys froze up. Well, I guess we'll listen back to it and see who actually froze up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were saying about. No, but I, um, no, what I'm saying is that Hulu has a lot of great TV shows. Okay. I haven't seen, like, I would have to, like, go and look to see if there's a great movie that I saw that is a Hulu original movie. But if I think of Hulu TV shows, you have The Act, you have Handmaid's Tale. Um, a lot of people like um, what's that other one? Uh, you you talked about a Future Man. I haven't seen it, but that's, oh, I've yeah, heard it's yeah. pretty good. You know, there's a lot of good shows. So I guess I mean, if I had to choose, it would be Prime. But I would miss not being able to watch The Boys or upload. Yeah, that's very good. Honestly, if I was given the same option and I would prefer to have all the HBO content, I mean, I would actually get rid of Hulu because I feel like I get yeah. more I get more value out of 
Prime, not only for their content, because I feel like I'm gravitating more to their original content, but you also get Prime shipping. And, we, you know, we shop on Prime all the time. So like there's oh, yeah. I don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe Prime Video is different than is it different? I don't think so. Well, it comes, I know. I know. It, it does come together. Yeah. It's a package deal. Prime. Yeah. yeah. Well, then maybe uh, I take that back because if I don't want to get rid of my Prime. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I feel like Well, if you could were two separate things, you would get rid of the content on Prime. I, I think I, I want to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Matt may have changed my Matt may have changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I'm with you, where I um I would I would have to get rid of Hulu too. I feel like I'm like Hulu's always is always at the bottom for some reason for me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I for me Hulu. Uh, well, currently I'm not. Paying I love Hulu. Yeah, no, I like Hulu too, but I mean, for me, currently, I'm not paying for it because I'm stealing my mom's Hulu, but she's stealing my Disney Plus, so it's a trade. And so, uh, so we, uh, so we kind of doing a trade off of streaming services there. But if I were paying for it, that would be the one I, that's the one I least gravitate toward compared to all the other streaming services out there. But yeah. there's also so much, Ernesto. You know, we've talked about this a lot on this on this podcast. Like, there's so much streaming services, it's hard to to pick because sometimes they just offer a lot of different stuff. Um, that you just kind of, you know, it's hard to to not have certain things. But then I think we're both in agreement that we don't need CBS All Access, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not to, but not to, you know, not to knock their service. It's just there's right. not there's not enough there's not enough there to keep me there. As, uh, exactly. Very right. true. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna wrap up our show for this week. Gia, thank you very much for coming on the show. I uh, really do appreciate you taking your time to talk with us, to, for, with uh, talk to us about movies yet again. Thank you so much for having me. It means so much to me. So where can people just once again, where can people find you if they want to find you on the socials? Yes. So um, I'm on Instagram. Um, just my name at Gia Doxy, G I A D O X E Y. And that's the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. But I do actually have something to plug. Go right yeah, ahead. go ahead. Um, all right, you, you so plug along. speaking of, well, because rewatching and everything. Um, so with nostalgia and all that stuff, um, I'm starting my own podcast um, called oh. Decom Party, where basically um, we will we're, we're gonna rewatch and discuss and dissect Disney Channel original movies from 1997 to now, and oh, it's gonna okay. be fun. Um, so we're still working out the kinks, but as but we should be going live on Saturday or Sunday. If you follow me on Instagram, I will have something concrete posted this week. That sounds like an awesome idea for a podcast. Yeah. And I and I would definitely listen to it because I'm I'm a Disney Channel original movie kid. So Same. I remember watching Yay. them all from there. So uh, can you can you say the name again of what will eventually be the, the name of your podcast? Yes, the handle will be at DCOM Party. So all caps DCOM lowercase party okay all right awesome well uh i i will be definitely mentioning in that and also yeah. like that's that's a great idea for a podcast so i i can't wait to start listening to it are you gonna are you, is it just you you have another person with you um as of right now i do have a co-host on uh, my friend okay. Brianna. she was my roommate um but i'm also looking for guest stars so if you guys want to come on we will yes. schedule something of and course we'll yeah, right of course you just okay. let us know we'll come on we'll come on your show I'm planning on doing it on Instagram live. So just like, if you want to do it through box office Avengers, you could do it. We could like request me. We'll do it together and you could share it on your page too. So it could be fun. 
Ooh. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. Look at like she, yeah. she's already partnership. We're gonna yeah. have to do some technology shit on that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um but yeah, though, that sounds great. If if you know Phantom of the Megaplex. Oh, of course. Yes. What am I saying? Mickey Rooney. Smart, Smart House. Smart House, 13th year. I was yeah. the other me. I love the other me. Yeah, I love the other me. Oh my god. Minutemen. Uh, I watched Minutemen the other day. Uh, yeah. Our travel, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good one. We could talk about this all day. You know, this yeah. one's a good idea for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not. Uh, but looking forward to that. If you want more from us, you can follow us on Instagram at box office underscore bingers. You're gonna find your Netflix top ten. You're gonna find our newest uh, our, our newest uh, post called uh, Box Office Binger's Latest Binge, where we review TV shows. We also have our Fresh Take, where we review movies. We just started uh, Movie Showdown Mondays, where every Monday we will put uh, some type of either director, two movies, two actors, two whatever of content of that they're doing, put them against each other, see what you guys feel like a little bit better. On Wednesdays, you can look at uh, you know, it sounds familiar. We recognize music from movies. And so you can, we will play you 15 seconds of a musical score. You try to guess what it is. We'll like tell you the answer the next day. All of that and more over at box office underscore bingers. You don't want to miss it. It'll be great. Gia, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Uh, really do appreciate you doing that for us. And for that, I've been Matt Diaz. Ben Ernesto Santos.